0: what's happening, my main man? Right on. Scotch. Straight up? Yeah, I'll give me the whole bottle. I'll tell you what. You bend over. Now shove will straight up your ass. On the rocks,
1: is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say.
0: How you doing? How you doing? This is Robert Russler from Weird Science, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. What the fuck's
2: wrong with you, dude? Alright, we are back. It is The Skeleton Crew. We have a jam-packed show. We got so much going on. Jamie? Yes. We are on a high right now, basically. We just got done with the interview that will be on this show. And it's Robert Rustler. It so much fun. I love him. Oh, my God. Love him. Nightmare in Elm Street Part 2, Grady. He's a uh, b- uh, weird science. It's either Max or Ian. I think Robert Downey Jr. was Ian or Max.
3: Max. He's Max. He's Max. And um,
2: sometimes they come back. And... Jamie, they have never come back. Uh, Maybe for you? (laughs) But (laughs) for me, we've been doing the show for a long time, and no one has ever called back. This dude hung up. We were done. He called back, like, five minutes later. Me and Dan... You know, Jamie couldn't make it to the interview. She she was at the doctor and stuff. But uh, she came on, you know, after we were done and I text her I said hey we're done and uh he calls in right then he calls back and I'm like hello because I'm too dumb I was, or drunk I don't remember the number and uh I'm like hello and he's like hey guys I just really wanted to thank you man that was really fun that was like the best time I had you know in a while and we're like wow and all of a sudden we talked for another hour yeah wait is that it it was just an hour was it more? Yeah, Geez, at... maybe it was. A... Okay, wait, it's. Well, it's 8.15 now. So that means it was uh, an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Wow, dude. He is just the coolest guy. And he even said while we were talking to him afterwards, he was like, this is like the underground interview or something like that. And, like you know, 45 minutes into it, and he's like, you guys recording? Maybe I should have pressed record. I didn't read.
3: But, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really a great guy to talk to. A lot of fun, and I'm so looking forward to his project.
2: Yeah, the project is Black Asylum, and we're going to put a link to it on Harbit and our Facebook and Horophilia anywhere that you're going to hear the show. That link will be in the description, and it's a Kickstarter. You know, it's it's ambitious. It's 1.2 million dollars, but the thing is, it means a lot um, to investors and stuff when they see that the person who they're you know investing in has a lot of support. So Invest, guys. If if all of us invested like, like fifteen thousand people saw it on on Harvard. If all those people invested ten dollars, it would be two million dollars. Wait a minute, what would it be, Jimmy? <laughs> one
3: hundred fifty thousand dollars. But okay, <laughs> it would one hundred fifty
2: thousand dollars. But the thing is, they would see the support. So when they back this dude, they would give him more creative control. And the only time he would even care about that is if this thing didn't hit the 1.2, and then he had to go to backers. Because if it doesn't hit, then you all get your money back. So he would have to go to real backers. But as long as they see that that interest is there and that fan base is there, you're basically solidifying that it's his vision being brought to life. And from what he talked about after we got off the interview and what he talked about on the interview, I am going to drop a hundy on there. Nice. Yeah.
3: I'll give him support too. I, I I truly believe in supporting the arts, and and especially when they're friends of mine. And this guy is now I consider him a friend, so then I will do my best to support him because I know where his heart lies. You know. And
2: I I remember <laughs> I had the V A the VHS of Weird Science because I had I recorded it from TV. But if you notice when they uh-huh. curse on TV, they replace those words
3: yeah it's really funny when they replace anthony michael hall yeah yeah he's like <laughs> like when they go to the jazz club
2: yeah um yeah. that's hilarious but he's um, like uh you two donkey dicks couldn't get laid anymore. he's like no shaft man no shaft <laughs> and it's like guys shaft is worse than shit <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> yeah but you know they did all i remember all those like or half of those like ins, but like that was like my favorite movie, man. So this was a huge thrill for me personally.
3: Ew, I had a, I had a crush on him for you know long time. Oh, I had a crush
2: too. Oh, he was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> the way he did his hair and everything. Oh my god. No, but uh, no, he's a great guy, and you're all gonna you know hear him in this interview. And uh, I did another geek move. I have to confess. I have his personal phone number. And I added it to my phone. Oh gosh! Should I say this next part? I don't know. I, I she... put a picture <laughs> of him oh, from Weird Science right. as the icon. Oh well, that's not so.
3: That's, that's, that's okay. That's right. It's not weird. It's not weird. Weird Science, Science. Not as weird as what I put as his picture in my phone. Oh God! <laughs> no,
4: I'm... Is it from the waist up? <laughs>
5: No, no, no,
3: I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I got a real
2: thrill. This, I made that, that uh, tribute video for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, uh, Jesse's Girl. And it was a, you know, I took Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. His name was Jesse, the lead character, you know, the blonde kid, Mark Patton. And he had a girlfriend named Lisa. So I made the video as if Robert Rustler was angry at Mark Patton because he wanted his girl, like, I want Jesse's girl, so I edited it to make like he was, you know, going for this girl, so this guy saw it, he commented, he loved it, he watched it with his wife, and he was laughing, he was dying on the floor, so that's, Jamie, you know how it is, man, you make a, you make a video one night, late night, you put it out there, and the guy in it is watching and laughing and loving it,
3: Yeah. (laughs) What? Well, okay. No, I don't have experience with making videos that where the guy laughs at it. Uh... But
2: (laughs) you were so good for like what three
3: weeks? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I haven't said anything. Uh, I I just a bunch of innuendos. They didn't laugh at it, but I make no, because I make scary movies. So
2: ooh, scary (laughs) movies
3: Yeah, that's pretty. uh, That's pretty surreal.
2: It's it's unbelievable. But, uh, okay, so we got a lot on this show. We have some good stuff coming up. Let me just, uh, in honor of Robert Ressler being Robert Downey Jr.'s buddy, me and Dan are going to review Iron Man 3. We're going to have The Ghoul, Pat, and we're going to have Jake Courthouse back on the show. You know, we want to talk to the guys about their thoughts on horror in general you know uh, the new uh, screen TV show that's going to be coming up pretty soon, and um, we're going to have a call in, all that good stuff. So we have a lot of good things coming up. Gary from uh, Cinema Beef, right? Uh huh. Cinema Beef podcast. Uh, he's right. going to be calling in on the show. So we're gonna we're gonna have a, a jam packed show. This is going to be a big one. So, and we're also going to have a review of a horror movie. We got we're gonna we're gonna drop Smiley mm. in. Are you excited to talk about smiling?
3: No, I would like to drop it. Well, w- right on its head. Yeah, we have <laughs>
2: right on its stitched face. Yeah, its face, its
3: face is wrong.
2: The only way Jamie will smile about that movie <laughs> is if you stitch it into her face. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we got that. So uh, we will not bore you anymore, and we will be back with the jam-packed Jiggity.
6: imagine if they brought Stu back dude that would have killed the whole fucking series yeah oh,
1: right yeah Speaking about killing that the whole to happen
6: fucking series dude what do you i want your all your thoughts on the scream fucking tv show i want to hear it
1: oh the scream uh... tv show dude i remember one time uh, watching that mtv slasher movie they did my super psycho sweet 16 yep. or whatever the oh, fuck that li- piece of shit was called yeah if it's anything <laughs> I like that actually know
3: someone who was in that i mean locally yeah <laughs>
1: But, if it's yeah. anything like that it's gonna be bad news I don't yeah. know I mean I love the original Scream I'm not necessarily a fan of the sequels but I don't hate any of them I, well I just like
2: 3 but, uh, yeah I was gonna say how about 3 did I, you guys Scream was
7: actually Scream was actually my first R-rated movie yeah. I ever saw when I was 3
5: yes
2: dude. you want a, you want what? a story
7: <laughs> what the hell is going on here about me. I was I, like I was it's I, I don't know. I use, I have to like give you guys like a whole entire fucking like genealogy of my life, but I'm, 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 I'm like a whole. Cool, I a age different kind of kid. Like when I was five, I used to say like at family parties that when I grew up I wanted to be a murderer. <laughs> i'm not kidding I'm, I'm not kidding and my family like they used to laugh my mom obviously thought you know there's like oh maybe we should uh probably like get this kid off the fucking r-rated movies <laughs> <laughs> i'm just a, i'm just i'm justifiable violence now like i'm all about you know I, I i would i would kill someone if they were trying to kill someone that was like nice like right you, you know what i mean anti-hero type
1: vigilante type shit yes. that's what i would do like, Norma bates.
6: like Norma bates <laughs> like, killed kenny the cameraman
1: yeah, of course. Exactly, right, right? Speaking of Scream, uh, the first time I ever saw it was technically before my memory even started when I was really young. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is fucked up. Uh, in December of 96, my mom was a fan of the show called Party of Five, right?
5: Uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. We're familiar. <laughs>
1: she was a fan of Party of Five and the craft. She heard about Scream, and she wanted to go see it. Now, I'm a year and, what, three, four months old at the time? She couldn't find a babysitter.
2: Wow. So she took me. I'd kill her if she brought a kid into the theater like that. I was a quiet
1: baby, though. I wasn't one of those loud fuckers.
3: My first theatrical (laughs) experience, two months old, we went to see Texas Chainsaw
2: Massacre. Oh, boy. That explains it.
3: And my mother told me I didn't make a sound through the whole movie. I just lay there staring at the screen.
2: Yeah, you were comatose. (laughs) I actually remember
1: seeing Blair Witch Project in theaters. I was only four, but I I do remember the image of him standing in the corner. That always stuck with me as a kid.
2: Oh. yeah, man. <laughs> wow, I died, I died. That's crazy. Oh, Pat, so what do you think about Scream TV show? Are you into it? As long as it's good. I mean, the Bates Motel was good. So the
7: first episode, probably, because I'm a fan of the series. I love. Yeah, Bates everybody's TV, gonna so. watch it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everybody's right, watch exactly, it. exactly, exactly. Everyone was watching the first
7: episode of the show. That sucks. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it, out I don't know. I always love the movies. Like, I I, I don't know. I just, I think it's just because it's that, like, nostalgia thing that you guys have spoken about before. Like, it was, you know, it's my first R-rated movie. It's yeah. really, like, my 1st horror movie that I ever saw, too, if you think about it. So, right. I, I'll, I'll check it out, definitely. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really stick with, like, new TV shows. I'm more just, like, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, like, oh, my head. Breaking
1: yeah. Breaking like, Bad exactly. is my shit. But, oh, yeah, right. Man. Exactly. Breaking Bad. Hell, yeah. I can't wait.
6: Oh, we're going to talk about Breaking Bad because fucking these two assholes never want to talk Breaking Bad. We're talking Breaking Bad right God now. God damn it, well, Breaking you never Bad is better
1: than The Walking Dead. I'll say it right now. I'll
6: have to say that, definitely. I'll have to agree. Thoughts <laughs> on the ending of Breaking Bad coming up? I threw my fucking laptop to the ground and it's now broken because of it. I
1: shit you not. Dude. <laughs> I'm pissed exactly. that it's not getting released till August 11th. What the fuck? I know.
6: Dude, that's the yeah, main right? thing. They've never done this before. Like, they took a season and broke it up, fucking, and then they're going to make you wait a whole year, dude? Nobody. Well, well AMC's
1: it's... been doing that since The Walking Dead, right? Because that's Fuck the first them. show they ever did it with. Yeah, they, and now yeah, they're, they're doing really... it with all of their fucking shows. It's bullshit. Mm. Yeah.
7: Well, with The Jay- Walking Dead, it's like different because you have like the mid season breaks so and then you only go a few months without it. Whereas right. you're Breaking Bad, it's literally almost a year until you get yeah. to the next season.
2: Sopranos did that.
6: What do you think's gonna happen though? Yeah, the Sopranos though, that fucking ending sucked. I don't care what anybody says, but <laughs> how do you think they're gonna wrap up Walt's, uh, Walt's whole fucking story? And what do you think's gonna go down? How do you think fucking you know it's gonna uh, end up with Hank?
7: A well, good question because I, I honestly, uh, I check you go, you
1: go. My bad. Uh, no, I mean, all right. Well, I think the ending is gonna be really depressing and fucked yep. up. But yep. I don't think it's going to be fucked up because of what happens to Walt. I don't really care but, about Walt anymore. Right. Walt's Nobody a piece does. piece of shit. He really uh, is. I, I love him. I would
0: give a shit. I want Tuco want he back.
7: I want fucking yeah, Tuco back. He wants Tuco back. Yeah. he was co- awesome. I love him. Two
1: what two did co- you
5: do, a do a to
7: man. Man. my tío? <laughs> <laughs> Tuco
1: was the shit. But uh, <laughs> absolutely all. nuts. I love him the real tragedy of the show is gonna come from what happens to people around him like right. Jesse and Walter jr I mean hell maybe even the uh, what's her name Hallie is the baby I think
7: yeah or Holly yeah, or whatever shit, I thought about that oh shit. I mean
1: they've killed kids in the past I wouldn't put it past them to do it again yeah.
7: right
1: exactly um, so that's I mean I I think it'll be like the shield I don't know how many people have seen the shield yeah. but uh, like uh the, the season the season finale of the shield uh he was left alone in his own like personal hell basically you know he just is left in the decay that he created for himself i think that's what's gonna happen to walt that's basically I think, his fate i don't know or he might go out in a blaze of glory like tony montana i don't know
6: <laughs> they show that one scene dude where he's got all his hair so it's clearly a flash forward or whatever and he's buying yeah because the- one of the episodes is called 50 like
7: one or 52 I yeah so yep, I'm yep. like full circle to like his next birthday
1: Yes. Well, yes. we know that he. We know that he finally got in contact with the dude that uh, Saul was talking about, the disappearer. Remember oh, the guy up, that said yeah. you could we can make you disappear and shit. Well, we uh, know we got in contact with him because he's got a new identity. It says that I. I think it says he was born in Massachusetts or some shit now instead okay. of where he was born. Yeah, yeah. and he so he's got a whole he, new backstory, whole man. new identity.
6: Yep. Yep. So. I just look at it like this, dude, and I think you, you hit it on the fucking head, dude, and <clears throat> with Walt, I don't know, and this is just fucking, you know, um, uh, trying to fucking piece everything together, but dude, I think with everything, um, he's not going to rat Walt out, Hank, and I think something's going to happen either with Skyler, whether she dies or they fucking break up, where they're probably going to get custody of the kids or something, so for the sake of the kids, they don't fucking, you know, they, he doesn't rat Walt out or whatever i feel like it's not gonna come from um the uh the cop end of it like they're not gonna fucking come in and walk it's gonna be something obviously fucking you know more involved than that like fucking you know the cartel or whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: well there he's, is the guy that uh if you remember there's the guy that mike hooked him up with i can't remember his name but he's the guy they met out in the desert when uh, he was on a say my name ego trip or whatever yeah Yep. now Waltz quit right and he was the own, his product is the only right. reason that dude is putting up with his bullshit exactly. so now that he doesn't have the product because he quit that fucking dude's gonna want to kill him he's like where's, where's, where's my it? where's my money I'm not making any money anymore I'm right. not making my paper you're gonna fucking die
2: Alright, this is a review of Smiley two thousand twelve. October twelfth this came out. And uh I oh. The um well, there's no budget anywhere that I could see and I'm not digging that deep.
3: I you know what, I'll I'll go along with that. There was no budget anywhere <laughs> that I could see.
2: <laughs> it was
6: made for two fifty, a pack of <laughs> envelopes and a job break. Was-
3: <laughs> a dollar fifty in some envelope.
2: <laughs> uh, this is rated 3.5 out of 10 on IMDb for some reason. I don't. I don't see why. And it stars. No,
3: who rated it that high?
2: <laughs> it stars Caitlin Gerhard as Ashley. That's the main girl. Melanie Papelia as Proxy, who was the girl she moved in with. Shane Dawson is Binder, the guy with the the hair straightener haircut. That he looks like one of the pack. The thing that Pac Man chases along the. That's what his hair looks <laughs> no. like. And uh, Zane is the college dude who was in the dorm with the weird Zane. That's such a college name. Also, Roger
3: Bart and Keith David. I mean, and what the fuck are they doing so far down the list? Yeah, they're far down that list. But they did not belong there because... Roger Bart did a really good job. Fucking Roger Bart and Keith David.
2: (laughs) <laughs>
6: dude, he killed it, man. Yo, I love Roger Byrne. You guys I know why. I do man.
2: He always killed it. And um...
6: Calvin Kumar, dude. Hostile, too. Come on, now.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. so the plot of this is this is a movie with one of those like urban legends where in this one, if you're in a chat room, it's like a video chat room. You only see one person. They see you. You're right back and forth. Complete strangers. It's anonymous. And if you write three times to them, I did it for the lulls. you wait like a few seconds and all of a sudden Smiley comes up from behind them and kills them and he's this dude who's just like uh, not like a mythical kind of guy doesn't really exist, kind of just like, a legend, it's just a blank yeah. face with uh, the eyes slit down like uh...
3: he's like internet candy man
2: yeah, yeah, like an urban legend like for our generation, yeah and I'm sure you've all seen his picture, I don't have to describe him to you yeah Yeah. that actually
3: i did like i was was looking forward to this movie
2: because i liked the the poster yeah badass dude once i saw that i knew i'd like this nice dude. the blonde girl she's uh oh i guess we okay see here's the thing do we want to talk about this movie acknowledging the ending right away because that really ruins a lot of it we'll get to it so save it and treat it like you're watching it for the first time during the review?
6: Yeah, we can't fully get into too much without... Yeah,
2: because it, it kills everything. So, okay, well, the first thing is that super hot chick is babysitting this little girl, and she tells her about the whole you know mythology of it all. So then that girl goes home, and someone does it to her... And she gets killed. And it's the same old thing. Just like with that movie Valentine. Why is the hottest girl in the movie have to die first?
6: That's how they all dude. I
2: hate that. And those little short shorts she had on. Oh, my God.
6: Oh, who wears short shorts? Unbelievable. I like that scene, too, man. That was a good fucking... Yeah, great, great start. Yeah, absolutely. It really
2: happened, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, So then, you know, they basically leave that. They abandon that whole thing. And then... This blonde girl, who's just like a blonde, skinny chick, she's she's not ugly, she has a cute thing about her, but she's not hot at all. Is that a good way to describe her? <laughs> <laughs> that I think
3: you hit every possible. She's not ugly, but she's not pretty. But she's not beautiful. But she's not grotesque. But she's not. She's, she's just not... there. She's not really plain, but she's not overdone. She's
6: not... <laughs> yeah. She Alex isn't exactly an asshole
2: or a dickhead. He's
5: just
2: <laughs> and he's not <laughs> a moron, but he's kind of dumb. But he's not exactly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I could see something's in there. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's about yeah, it. And... So. You're
3: I mean, right. just oh, you commit,
2: know. dude. Is she hot or not? No. <laughs> okay. Now move <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, bag overhead? You're good to go. And she has no tits. Like, there was a later scene when she was talking to a psychiatrist where she had on this, like, uh, what is that called? Those. It's like a wife beater, but a real one. It's like a real shirt, you know, with a color and everything. And there was yeah. nothing yeah. going on there, man. I mean. Tank top. Yeah. Yeah, tank top. I don't know why I can't think of that. So yeah,
6: well, uh, well, itty bitty titty committee going. Oh
2: God! <laughs> Those are flapjacks. Remember how I said flapjacks and and Matt didn't like that. God. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing.
3: Well, you could just say boobs.
2: Or yeah, her her uh, boobs are <laughs> they're not really that big. <laughs> she decides to well, not decides. She met this like pretty. Now now we're talking a cute girl, that girl with the black hair. I forgot what I say her name was, like Proxy or something. Uh, and these are all college names, by the way. Like, all these names are so college, like Zane. Zane! Yeah, Proxy. Yeah. Uh, so she... Hey, Zane, let's go to the courtyard and throw around the football. <laughs> well, this, this blonde girl was bipolar, and she was on lithium after her mom committed suicide. So she's a little screwed up. Uh, She met this chick online, they decide to move in, the girl says her parents own this house, but they don't live there anymore, so now they move in, they're going to college together. Uh, Right away, they go to a party, and right away, this girl is introduced to the smiley thing. You know, they show it, they play it for her, she's freaked out, that weirdo with the straight hair is in there, they throw the beer cans at him. Mm -hmm. I can picture Dan doing that to somebody. (laughs)
6: <laughs> be, yeah. okay. Dude, how about the guy uh with the glasses though? Like uh, what did, did he have spiky here? I wanna say no, but later on that's that same dude or the no, I'm sorry, that's the same dude from the beginning, correct?
2: Yeah, he's the one who killed the girl in the beginning.
6: Dude, and, and I saw that, and that got my mind racing. Like, wait, what the fuck's going on? And uh, yeah, they pay that off pretty well later. But yeah, um, yeah,
2: and then, yeah. then uh, once they hear about it, you know, they go home and you know they talk about it, and they 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 say, you know, is it real? Blah blah. So they, this guy was showing his dick, and then he comes back on the camera. They don't show the dick, but then they do it to a, a guy, and it works, and he gets killed. Right now. So now, basically, the girl has a bunch of a whole guilt complex, and she's like, you know, we mm. killed somebody. We should tell the police. What do we do? Blah blah.
3: I I was thinking that there <laughs> there was uh,
2: potential, and mm. you know, all right. And then she has that dream after the drug, you know, the drug thing, and then he in while he's chasing her, he pulls her shirt and rips it, and then she wakes up and her shirt is ripped like Freddy Krueger.
6: <laughs> right. I don't know, man. There was a couple of things in this movie that I didn't get and I feel like it didn't really have to do with anything. But um, as far as being along with it, man, like <clears throat> they haven't done this before. Like they, you know, with, they did like what? Bloody Mary. I think they did a couple of It's those, just right? like they
2: even said. It's just like Bloody Mary.
6: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. man. It is. It is. But it, I don't know, like you said, with the mask and it was done in a cool way. At this point, dude, I you do notice though how it was made for three $350. 350
2: Well Tree What well, When does that ever bother anybody? We love that low budget stuff, you know? Oh, no, it, it doesn't bother me,
3: me if bother me yeah. um,
2: It's noticeable.
3: The, like I don't care if your movie costs seventeen dollars. Right, if, nice. if, if I feel that you put into no, I'm and well I mean I'm just saying I'm explaining to Alex like like it doesn't really matter how much it costs, um but you know, when he says, like, it shows, and you know, it's just that it shows, you know, and I think that you have to um, I want to see that you put some care and effort into it.
6: The acting wasn't stellar. I, I think there were certain actors that were better than the others, like, you know, the dark haired chick. And but there's a couple characters where and, and the dude, the main, you know, not the crazy dude, but the, you know, one of the main dudes till the end. there. See? I really liked him it was is that is i saying, dude th- those characters are good but it just it, it's not covered in cheese dude but it's just there's moments in it where it's like okay it's noticeable it doesn't take me out of it by any means all i'm saying is up until this point you noticed that and um I, I was gonna say this to be honest with you you almost give it more of a chance because of it because the story is fucking pretty original so it's like okay i'm gonna ride with this because if Despite a couple things, you know, like we've said before, I guess blemishes. Really, I think this movie fucking rock, dude. Because it, it it's low budget. There's not it's there's no denying that. But at the same time, it's fucking kick ass.
3: Are you That's on crack thing. too?
6: Jamie, I don't get it. And
3: are you on well, crack too? This movie good. was. This is what ha- okay, this is where it shit the bed and this is why I this is why it upsets you. Yeah, explain me. this,
2: because nobody has so far. Go ahead.
3: This movie had it started out with a really interesting idea that I think could have been if mined properly, it would have been really cool. Where but what they end- what they ended up doing with it was you got rip offs of things like Candyman and <laughs> I mean hello and Right. And scream. I mean, it, also there were some, I, well, I thought of some nightmare connections and, well, actually, you just right. mentioned that earlier. So you did right. too. So, um, yeah. sure. it's, it's, I feel like instead of taking that opportunity to do something really fresh, instead they, they had an idea, but then decided to do the things that everyone else has already done. And to me, it just disappointed the hell out of me. And I um, that's when I say that's what I mean when I say I don't feel like any real love and care was put into it, because if they wanted to and f- judging, I'm just judging from the marketing that was surrounding this film seemed to me like they were aiming to uh, attempt to create a new icon. But you can't really create an icon if there's nothing of his that's
2: his own. Other than a pretty cool mask, which that actually is. I haven't seen Candyman since it came out. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. But so I don't understand. What did what did they take from Candyman?
3: Okay. If you okay, so like if you're on Say the, line, the
2: thing three times you say
3: the thing three times, then he comes Rips. up behind you and kills you. Yeah, but dude. And Candyman, if you're standing in the mirror what? and you call his name several times and just Well then Jason made the reference to Bloody Mary and that's exactly why, because if you stand in the mirror and say, Bloody Mary, here she comes. I mean this is which and is can,
6: Candyman stole that from that though. No,
3: it
2: didn't. Yeah, that's old. Bloody Mary's old as de- old as.
6: I could be wrong, Jamie, but dude, Bloody Mary goes back like four flaps on a Cadillac.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Candyman is, and okay. and you're right. You no, know, Bloody Mary's been around forever. I did Bloody Mary when I was a kid. But there you but go. Candyman is Clive Barker.
5: Right. So. So.
3: Um, that was can. What I'm saying is that Candyman didn't rip <laughs> off Bloody Mary like the movie didn't. Right. But, And it's not even a rip-off. It's just a different telling of the story. Mm. This, I don't really feel... I feel like it was too familiar. Too long It was just... Yes. And that's what I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really feel it was inspired. I didn't didn't get inspired watching it. And I thought some of the performances were so freaking awful.
2: Well, it's not the performances. I think one problem with this is that every word out of the mouth of the non-central characters is moronic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is That's true. what I'm saying. Yeah, you guys the dialogue are both... is
3: shitay.
2: <laughs> but the dialogue with every real person, especially the teacher, was great. Right. Oh, like, there were some parts where he rambled and it didn't really strike me as other parts did, but, but um, a lot of them really made me think. I don't know. The ones with her in, in the classes, and she's like, but what if... What you you do something, and it's it's a mistake. And he's like, what does that mean? Like, it's weird because you see where she's going, but in real life, it's like, what are you talking about? You know? Like, anybody would be like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you getting at exactly? Like, when she went into his office, some of the dialogue, the things that she just comes out with, it's just so vague. Like, it's like, if you're not going to get to the point, then don't even bring it up. Dude. It's just weird yeah. like that. It's just strange. But all the other talk was I thought was solid amongst her, Proxy, Zane, and the the cop. That was good. That was funny. And the teacher. I thought it was all like, you know, good, don't you? Well, like you said,
6: the thing with the um with the Roger Bart thing too. Like I like I said, I love this dude, man. I, I love him as an actor. But yeah, you're right, man. With those scenes, it's, it's that. And like I said, accompanied with the fact that. Everybody knows fucking he's a big actor, dude, and he's gonna play either a part or he's gonna be there clearly as a fucking, you know, what do they call it, patsy or whatever the fuck, you know, a, a red herring, you red know? Red herring. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, yeah, what are, oh, patsy? Fucking. Anyways, um, yeah. So, <laughs> like, I I knew that going in, and I knew if they went with it all the way, they they would have definitely utilized his acting talents. But they clearly weren't going for that for a good part of the film, where he had a scene here and there so it was almost like they couldn't win with that it's like alright I know what you're doing boom right there you know so it kills it for me and then on top of that if you went with it then I would have been like oh dude really like why is he on screen now you should have fucking got him on screen and done some real acting you know like it, which he can do so right there boom it almost like makes it fucking no and void him even being there it's like wow like here's the paycheck dude that we're gonna throw in as a red herring well that sucks Right. I don't know. And, and, and that's what I'm saying, though. But there, there was shitty acting. But, dude, it was uh, it's not like it was great acting on everybody else's part. But it was yeah, good. It was, it was I solid. mean, I, I like the story. See, this is the thing. Like, this movie, this is what I'm saying about it being cheap and shit like that. It is what it is. That has no condemnation behind it being like oh this movie sucks or whatever I'm just saying I'm calling what it is it's kind of a cheaply made movie but it, I think it's got a original enough story and I know what you're saying Jamie I just feel like everybody steals from everybody these days you well know? it's
3: not even that it's just <clears throat> I feel like if you are attempting to invent something or if you're attempting to create something that you want to stand the test of time or that mm-hmm. you want people to remember then you have to be original and then at the even I like with was. the even like with the end, I mm-hmm. just um, I was underwhelmed with that, so
2: even wow, though I thought that was a great ending,
3: even though there were things about it
2: <laughs> why what is with everybody? why do you all hate this? I don't get it man. Well,
3: sweetie, I'm trying to tell you and, <laughs> but it does, it doesn't matter, I mean, so I don't like
2: it no but nobody likes it.
3: But you like it. it.
2: Just me and Dan. No one else in the world. So then that's all that
3: fucking matters, dude.
2: You get to have a good time watching it. No, but it's different when everybody hates something. It's not the same as just liking it half like it, half don't. Everybody hates it. about
3: myself having to watch it a second time for this show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to do it. I liked it more the second time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got yeah. into it. I loved the the dreams of Smiley when when uh they she she jumped out of bed and broke the girl's nose almost. I thought that the scenes right. before that were great the dreams.
6: Well, dude, it was great. When he's fucking when he's behind you, dude. Yo, it's. Call it. It's been done before, but yo, that face, and when that dude's right behind you and shit, that's some fucking solid. Uh, for me, anyways, maybe I'm a pussy, but damn,
2: I like <laughs> it. Yeah, and he man. had that stocking was, on his face or something when he always killed people, so that made it look scarier. And um, <clears throat> then it really paid <throat> off. I- I think scary and er do not go together. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Er? <laughs> 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 no, scarier than the regular face. But then again, <laughs> but then again, it, his face looked.
3: Dude, this isn't scarier than my grandma. <laughs>
2: what, <laughs> Jamie? All right.
3: Actually, you know what? My grandma—the grandma that's still alive—is really fucking scary. So
2: <laughs> never take it back.
5: Mind. <laughs>
3: She was a cab driver in Atlanta for forty years, dude. She's scary as shit. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. It was good, but um, there there were like funny parts, like uh, what the f moments. I mean, I'm sure Jamie could think of a few. Uh...
3: Starts with this is a production of and ends with thank you for our, thank you for coming. This... <laughs>
2: That's the what the f moment. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm fucking with you.
6: I'm fucking with you, dude. Thank you. Good
3: night. Yeah. No, there were some redeeming moments. I'm not saying the entire thing sucked. That's what broke my heart is that I really felt like it had potential and I just didn't feel, for me, I just didn't feel like it fulfilled that,
6: you know? Well, and Jamie, from what you've seen, um, you know, just like hearing people talk about this movie, um, just, fo- just from what you've seen, do you think people are um, judging it too harshly or?
3: Um. Just from what I've seen, no. I mean, I've only I've only really seen people say things like, dude, I really hated this movie or, or this movie was awful. <laughs> well, I think that's – yeah, I think that's – you know. Well, Jake gave
2: it a zero. Well, okay. I probably wouldn't give it as – out of what? Five. Out of five? He didn't even really hate it or just he, – he less than hated it. Does that mean he liked it again? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: If this were devour, it would mean, fuck this movie. <laughs> it's uh, what a
2: zero would mean.
3: But, yeah. um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think it's that bad.
2: I can't believe you all feel this way. Like, this is a cool modern slasher. Well,
3: then you know what? There is not going to be a long line when you go to see him in the convention. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
6: right. No, you yes. it's weird dude you guys both have points like that's the thing like i think me and alex coming from a place where like we're kind of defending it in a sense because we don't consider it a total loss see that's the thing it's like i feel like people are fucking killing the movie and i've seen a couple people be like oh the fucking poster is the best part blah, blah blah whatever and you know that's that's cool whatever but dude you watch shit like this I have to make a point about this, too, because this is what I fucking noticed in the last, like, even just ten years or so. There's a shit ton of movies being made, guys. I mean a fucking shitload. Not by major studios, you know. Look at Netflix, dude. Come on, dude. It takes me an hour just to fucking choose a movie because i got to plow through all that other shit, you know? So compare it to
2: everything out there, dude. This is not a fucking total loss, dude. This is. Jason said people are saying this was the worst horror movie of the year. These people are fucking retarded. I get screeners all the time. You want to hear? Re- you want to hear worst movie of the year? I can name ten of them that that are a hundred times worse. These people either are not watching a lot of indie horror movies, or they're you know. W- was this in the theater? It was right. Uh, really?
5: Oh, no.
2: No. Okay. Well then, in their
3: dreams. Okay, so
2: what are they comparing it to? This is just another indie movie. Then they must be on the indie track.
3: We're comparing it to something right. good. That's what we're comparing it to.
2: There's plenty of movies that have come out in 2012 that were worse than this. It's not even comparable. Well, let's let's get to the end at least, so that we can go back and then. You
3: know- Pisses me off. Hang on a second. I'll tell you why I dislike this movie so much more than I dislike other movies that I dislike. You
6: know what really grinds my you, ears.
3: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> call me Kita.
5: Um, <laughs> so, um,
3: this is the son who slapped you in the face, stole your car, and ran away from home. Right? That you loved and nurtured <laughs> and you wanted to what see. What the fuck? In. <laughs> you know, but you didn't get that. You know, I <laughs> went into this looking forward to it, hoping for it to do well. I wanted to feel about it the way I felt about, say, behind the mask.
2: You know? <laughs> Jamie, and- that, that fucking analogy was off the hook. <laughs> well, Jamie, but that's your fault. Your expectations were too high. It doesn't mean that the movie failed.
3: No, Jamie's know? gonna
2: beat the movie
3: had no expectations. I, was, I wanted to like it. That's the only thing I expected was that I wanted to like it. And I had good feelings about it going in because I thought the poster was cool. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun. And but then I feel like it just told me to go fuck myself. You the know? ending? It,
2: it'll, it'll fulfill its potential. I don't know. I thought it was, even when you see that this thing is consuming the girl's life, like that was awesome. And her life is completely falling apart. And, you know, even the teacher says, how about when he says, you know, are are you on the wrong end of some kind of prank? You know, I think him or the cops say that, one of them. So at that point, but okay, at that point, did you think that this was a prank or did you still think that Smiley was real?
6: Um, I thought it was real, dude. Like,
2: I you know, <laughs> call me
6: I stupid. Did, but I did do,
3: I did at that point. I,
6: yeah, like I, I just figured there was going to be I was some element just
3: pointed that it wasn't. Honestly,
6: that I just thought they yeah they'd introduce something in, in the end, of kind of explaining it, maybe not explaining it, but maybe just giving kind of a backstory or whatever. So I was kind of waiting for that, which made the fucking ending for me. I thought it was fucking damn cool. Now listen. I'm not talking fucking all oh, this was cool like you know scream one reveal or you know like no, uh, some of the great, great ones but yeah but for for a concept for the for the, it's an ambitious movie cuz of that ending in a sense because horror movie fucking fans are smart dude they know people are going to go over this movie again with a fine tooth comb or whatever and you really can't pick too many things out and be like oh that's a plot hole or whatever like it makes sense kind
2: of you know like there's a there's a a few holes that only after watching it do you uh, do do not make any sense. So that's what I was gonna say. Well,
6: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I know what you're gonna say though because say okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'm gonna address these. The, uh,
2: the girl proxy says she or somebody I don't know somebody killed somebody else or someone else died. Oh yeah, I know. Pro, uh, Zane's not answering his his. His, his phone and they were supposed to hang out so the blonde girl goes to his house he's dead she comes home and she says we have to end this now so just give me the lulz thing so the girl sends her the lulz thing and someone goes to the door she shoots it and it's that straight hair guy bender so he's what the fuck is lulz dude uh Wait, the- laugh out louds i did it to let for the joke for the goof
6: out though, out to, well, LOL. it's like
2: a slang of LOL, I guess, right?
6: That's fucking retarded.
2: I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. um, you know, it's probably a trendy college thing. I, I don't. I
6: fucking hipsters.
2: Yeah, it's hipster type thing. Get out of here. That happens, and then su- I think smiley they're all you know oh but that was cool too because Smiley came to the door then she ran somewhere else then he was there then she ran somewhere else he was there and he seems supernatural then all of a sudden right. they all come in the room and then you're like what the fuck is going on here then she decides to save her life or get away from them she jumps out of a window <laughs> and and kills herself so
6: back in Texas chainsaw
2: yeah so it turns out it's all these kids even ones that are supposedly dead Mm. They were all in on this big elaborate prank on a girl who I guess they knew was bipolar or just not really right in the head or whatever <laughs> the case. You know, they're like, yeah, she's dead. So, haha, ha, that was cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Are we bad people? Yeah. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're bad people. And then all of a sudden, I think she sends it to him as a joke and then all of a sudden, oh no, he sends it to to the girl proxy as a joke and then all of a sudden, Smiley really comes and kills her and that was where the movie, I was like damn, that was perfect. That's two endings. Two endings, great and a smart horror fan could probably pick up that that would happen Yep (laughs) (laughs) Jamie
3: Jamie,
2: what what did you think about the second ending?
3: No dude, like he didn't see that coming from 600 miles away I just,
6: uh, you know, I, what? Just, I thought, yeah, I thought it was gonna be somebody else or something like that. But, dude, all right. The here. basic
3: rule. The basic rule is this: the bad must always be punished. <sighs> so no one's getting out that did something. And you know that. So, you know,
6: you just – I don't know. You don't think that's he's a little expected. cool though, dude, just kind of the concept of, okay, you think he's alive and then they do yeah, it. Yeah, I think they you're bring thinking too back much. And I, I don't know. It's not like, oh, my God, that's mind-bending. Maybe it's a little predictable. It's its almost like this movie is kind of a shitstorm in a lot of ways, like you said, taken from different things. But that's what I like about it, dude. It's just kind of like a – cool little fucking whatever dude movie like it's a movie you know that you fucking throw it's just water. a cool
2: movie it's not it's not anything great you know what i mean it's not amazing it's just cool and it, it's something you could definitely have like mo- uh, moderate horror fans over your house and all watch and enjoy <laughs> uh, not unless there
3: was <laughs> not unless i put up my my little mst strip across the bottom which yes i actually have and or <laughs> what's I'm mst dead, mean? by the way mr science theater oh Oh! oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> nice dude
6: I want one of those
3: I made it I need to update it actually because we have new members of the family I mean members of the family
2: members <laughs> of the ma like <laughs> the reason that ending really worked is because the the face of smiley was different it was like real skin and it was scarier I like it the music and the way he jumped out and the reaction of Zane, it all worked really well. Even the second time I watched it, was just really good. And I was like, wow, that, this really was good. I don't know what everybody's talking about. I, I don't change my opinion at all. But here's what did change now. So let's go back. Now that he's fake, there's a couple things that don't make any sense. The girl who was baby, the hot girl in the beginning who was babysitting that little girl. hmm That scene makes no sense at all when the little girl's explaining to her Smiley, she has like a true reaction, and then she goes home, and then someone does it to her, and she's, she acted the the whole thing out. It doesn't make any sense because it's taking place in her personal reality, which is off-screen time of the video chat they recorded when he killed her, when Smiley killed her. She's... She would say, you know, that little girl having an interaction wouldn't ever happen. It wouldn't be real. And she'd have a different reaction to it if she was obviously in on this elaborate scheme that she's about to go home and act it out with her her friend and and record it for the the other girl. Like, it just – it wouldn't really happen
6: that's almost it, it reminds it's not the same thing it reminds me of that batman thing that you guys were talking about how or he jumps he out of the car yeah jumps out of the car because yeah because it almost uh yeah it's playing with the audience it's fucking with the audience and it's really kind of i'm not gonna say betray, but yeah that's too, you know whatever but yeah it's just like kind of fucking with you where it's like okay i guess you
2: got me yeah and th- like a lot there's a few things like that and it's like if it was all a prank how did she know that she'd go to Zane's house, then come back with a gun, and and then know so that she'd still be on the computer? What if she just went to the cops, like, and then she'd send her the three lulls and wait for the guy, and then the guy's already set up with the with the the stuff to blow up his chest? How did he know she was gonna even find that gun, and and how did he know to put the latex on his throat? How did he know that this? She would even ask her to send me the lulls. That was kind of random. She's like, just do it. Send it to me. We have to end this now. Who would really say that? So it was too – it worked out. Too, it was too easy for them. Everything worked out really well, and it was very intricate, and the odds were impossible that all these things would happen had this been a prank instead of real life.
6: Absolutely. I totally agree, man. Yeah, and what, about the plot hole thing I wanted to just you know say real quick. Uh, I, what I'm really honestly meant by that, dude, it's. It... It's a, it's kind of a stupid movie, so you let shit like that go. Right. That scene that you just addressed is different story. It's playing with the audience. Mm-hmm. Shit like that, dude, you're already kind of fucking playing on a level where it's like, all right, I'm just gonna go with it, whatever, dude. Right. And you're right though. There are there's shit like that a lot in this movie actually, where it's like, really, honestly, like what the fuck, like doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. Like you learn to forgive things, and like I said, we're just trying to fucking create a balance where we're saying it's a great movie. It's definitely not mind-bending, and I'll be perfectly honest with you. If you try and find logic and like, how did this person get there in this movie? It just, you know, it's just, it's not going to work out. You know, you do that in a, in a top-notch movie like Scream, and it's like that's why that fucking it's a masterpiece. You know, but yeah. you look at movies like Smiley Dude, it's like eh, whatever. Yeah, you Fuck just it. go with it
2: because it is what it is. It's just, it's just supposed to be fun. Me doing this, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm acknowledging these things, but Got it you. doesn't matter because sure. sometimes, you know, if you know there's all a prank sometimes at the end of scenes you just stare at the character and look at their reaction to that very last second and you see if if that whole uh you know acknowledgment you know he's in a he's playing on another level right even though he acted along with this blonde girl You Mm -hmm. stare at him for those few last seconds to see if, like, he falls out of character for a second. And they never do. They all play it like it's real the entire time. And and that's just kind of weird. But one last thing, though, at the end when she's like, you know, just send them to me. Just give me the three lulls so I'll kill them. Why would Proxy suggest that? No, just call the cops. What would that get you? She wouldn't. She wouldn't have jumped out the window if the cops just showed up, like, and all the why have the latex on your throat? What if she just called the cops? Like, it just doesn't make you know. If you think of that, then there's plot holes. But otherwise, you just gotta take it for it's a freaking movie. It's supposed to have fun with it, and you're supposed to be tricked.
6: And you know what I like about that ending too, man. I think it was um like the uh, you know we talk about a double ending and shit like that, but it was really a bunch of moments, like you said, how they oh. all came in. You sh- what's that, Jimmy?
3: I, w- I wanted to clarify something with you real quick. When you were asking about the second ending, mm. see, because I really think there are like three.
6: Okay, see, this one. Okay, what's the third one in your in your eyes?
3: I think. Well, I mean, because I think um, you have the ending where, well, like the the first one where you know the, the um, revealed. The, the yeah, the where there's the reveal, and mm. then you have the one where Ashley is chatting, and he comes up behind her and kills her but then even though it's Uh. just like very very brief like the other like the third one i think is where like she gasps and and opens her eyes
2: or what i mean so wait what is that i don't know what that is i forgot that
3: that's like the very that's the very after we Mm. after he comes and kills her then like after without you know what
2: that's after the credits oh i didn't see that what happens (laughs)
3: Um, she like uh, it shows up and she gasps and opens her eyes, so like she's alive. Oh, the blonde.
6: Yeah, she's alive. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Though, yeah, and I. So that's what I'm
3: saying. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I don't. I don't. I. I really think that what I feel like is this: is they didn't really know what I think they had a, a concept, and they're like, okay, they didn't know what to do with it. Like they did, and so then they started pulling from different things, like different influences. Um, which is fine, you know, to an extent. But then I think that that was really what they relied on. Then, like, they tried to slap on. I really felt like it was slapped on. Like, oh, we're gonna get you, you know? We didn't get me. And then, <laughs> and then, they, me, as so. far as like the post, the post credits ending. How many people stuck around to see it? You know?
2: <laughs> I liked the movie, and I didn't stick around to see it. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I watched it. I saw then, it, but, like, dude, but
3: once you yeah. hear, I mean, like once you know it's out there. Then uh, that just changes it right back. And so I just really feel like they didn't know what they wanted to do. Hey, like, did,
2: did did she go groovy?
6: No, uh, she didn't. No. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah, you know how you said they, like, tacked it on and shit like that? But that's kind of what I liked about the ending. It was kind of all over the place. And, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it, it's weird because I certainly don't love it, but it's like, you know what, dude? Bunch of kind of cool ideas thrown into a movie that you haven't not not seen before, but uh it's just the approach they took, I guess. I thought it was uh I thought it was decent, dude. Like, and and another thing is with her jumping out the window and shit. Now, this is what I was gonna say. That fucking ending, I think, works because that shit all goes down within what, like, a minute period you know like they come at her so you realize oh shit there's several of them wait what the fuck's going on boom jumps out a fucking window what the fuck uh-huh. and then and then <laughs> they fucking reveal themselves then you're like oh shit this shit just turned into fucking uh you know cry wolf and that's another one they ripped off everybody's seen cry wolf <clears throat> great movie i liked it better than this bon jovi's in that movie yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's solid. I like the actors. I think the acting was strong from the main girl and the girl she moved in with. Even Zane, I thought did good. I think I think it was good casting. Everybody was uh well casted. I also uh in the movie, uh you know, they fit, they looked the part. They did good. I don't know. I know I like I said the acting is terrible on the non-central characters. The writing is horrendous on those guys. But I just figure they're idiots. You know what I mean? Like, I, th- that's just how I see it. They're just morons. And I see people like that all the time. Deal with them every day, dude. Yeah, who don't have good jokes and they think they're they're comedians or whatever. And all their jokes are horrible. Like, I know people like that. I'm, You know, I'm trying to get away from them. But I know people like that in my life. And there's just, you know, it's not that crazy to have stupid people around. So, that's just, I just take it for that. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It is what it is, so I guess we'll just rate it, because it's already 40 minutes. Uh, how do you, uh, I guess, <laughs> let's just get, let, have Jamie have the grand finale. So, Dan, you first, and then I'll go.
6: We doing Netflix rating?
2: Yeah, first, let's let let's do both, because, you know, we have to do both. So, Netflix, uh, hate it, didn't like it, like it, really like it, love it. I liked it. You know,
6: I, I like the movie. It, it's definitely not great, dude, but I liked it. You know, it was uh, it, it was a good watch. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It kind of paid off for me in the end. You know, yeah. and furthermore, I was like, oh shit, wow, she just fucking jumped out a window. Oh wow, oh shit, he's real now. Oh cool. Like, yeah. and, and it wasn't like, oh my god, this motherfucking movie, like dancing in the streets, dude. But like I said, man, my final thoughts on it. I've seen a lot worse. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it didn't blow my hair back, but it. I've seen a lot, you know, it wasn't...
6: And Alex has got a lot of hair going on, so... Yeah,
2: my hair's getting longer by the day, so... Well, <laughs> I mean, everybody's is, but I have particularly long hair right now. Not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, two, I'm three and a half. I'm, I'm between liked it and really liked it. I don't love it, and I don't really like it, but I'm between like it and really like it. I think it's good, and I'm glad I bought it, and uh, I will watch it again in, in like a year. And uh, I would definitely show it to people. So uh, 1 to 10, um, like 6.5. Okay. I guess. What? Uh, What? I don't
3: understand. (laughs) Because, I mean, Alex, you really liked this movie. And you liked it better the second time. Right. So a 6.5, that's really all you're going to – See, that's why I hate number ratings. They're
2: dumb. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to make like this is like as good as the new evil dead or nothing like that, you know what I mean? Even though I did give that a nine. Okay, I'll say seven. Hmm.
3: Okay, that I'll accept. I know it's only half a point, but Fucking
2: I'll accept that. Yeah, seven seven and on is good, yeah. It's tough to fucking
6: number and, you know. You I know. To.
3: That's why I don't do it, dude. We I just don't...
6: said it anyways, bro. Like, we just fucking practically said our piece on the movie. Right. And uh, I personally would recommend it just for a watch. I know a lot of people don't. And they're like, what the fuck did you make me watch, Chase? I
2: know. Everybody I recommend it to says that
6: you know what, the, I don't know what the fuck you want me to say. Like, I'm not going to fucking, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't get just it.
6: Just fucking put the movie down or whatever. Like, it was a piece of shit. The fucking filmmakers should be ashamed of themselves. It's like, no, I thought it was a solid
2: effort for for no money. Yeah, and I hope they make a part two. Definitely.
6: And it was a great mask, dude. Listen, all the fucking shitty ass slasher movies out there, dude. That was a cool. So if if you take anything out of this movie, let it be that. That was cool. Yep.
2: So, Jamie, mm. go ahead. <laughs> Uh did we convince you that it's any better than you thought before you sat down?
3: Are you kidding?
2: (laughs) Come on. We didn't even bump it up a half a point. No,
3: you, you pointed out several of the flaws that I had with it to begin with. And so like, (laughs) it's just so coming from someone who likes it. Then all you did was validate my claims. So, (laughs) um, but it's all right. I mean, um, I mean, the movie's not all right. I don't like it, but it's, you know, it's all good. Um, so uh rating wise, I'm going to say for from a Netflix rating, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I mean there are things that I really hate <laughs> and, yeah. and you know the I, this isn't that you know I mean I don't
2: yeah. it's um do you hope there's a part two? no <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't think that they'll maybe do better.
3: <laughs> Not unless they can do the extremely rare, uh, have, a, have a crappy first movie and kick its ass with the second one, you know, and it has happened, but um,
2: I don't... Uh... But this is one of those movies, like those origin, or ur- ur- urban legend movies, where in the origin of it, they spend a lot of time trying to figure out if it's real and things like that, and they try to figure out what is happening, so... When you don't have to spend that time anymore, and you could just take Smiley and do something badass with him, now do you think there's potential?
3: Well, I guess that depends. If if it's the same writers, then no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that I mean yeah, sure. It's any someone else could take the character and do something more interesting with it. Um, but yeah, well, eh, yeah, whatever. I don't really care one way or the other. Um, it's yeah. really not on my radar you know oh. it's just it's smiley Two, like,
2: two 2015 it's like
3: i don't hate it enough to just to be consumed with it like oh god you know um but i also don't like it so it just sort of is not there and um as far as like a one to ten i would say four
6: all right and smiley two ain't getting made I'm just saying it right well, I don't here. know.
2: They have 40,000 likes on Facebook. <laughs> no.
3: Three. I will say three.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, well, I, I want... No, like you know what? Oh, yeah.
3: Make that a one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, mean, okay,
2: we're done. We're getting off Smiley. From my heart and from
7: my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
5: And, beans, and pieces, and the magic from my hands are making weird signs All things I've never seen before, behind closed doors, in an imagination, weird science.
7: Not what teachers said to do, making things come true, living tissue, warm flesh, weird science.
2: Alright man, the crew is back. We're here at my good buddy. You can call him Grady, you can call him Max. We call him Mad Max. Or you can call him uh, Robert Rustler. You know him in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. You know him in Weird Science, Vamp, Thrashing, it goes on and on. Robert man, thank you for jumping on with the crew and uh, you know I'm looking forward to this. How are you guys doing? Uh, real pleasure to be here. Great. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah man. Oh yeah man. Like I said, Weird Science, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, those are two movies I grew up with, and Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is the only one I like out of the whole entire series.
6: <laughs> I can vouch well, you, for that. You know
2: that it is, no, it is known as the gayest horror film ever made. <laughs> yes, it, it is known as that. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, and, and were you going for the lead in that movie, or no? No, no, I'd,
0: rather, I'd always rather play, you know, sort of like the bad boy Okay. interest. It was really funny how that went down. You know, I, the last day of shooting Weird Science, uh, I had the audition for Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. gave me a ride to my audition. Wow! And him being my mentor, you know, because uh, Weird Science was my first film, and it was, I think, Downey's like eighth or ninth film already. So he was already a pretty seasoned vet, and uh, you know, he taught me a lot while we were shooting Weird Science, and you know, we became really fast friends, and. You know, he gave me some words of some encouragement and a little bit of advice before I walked into the audition. And the short of it is, I went in and I read, and they asked me a couple of questions about, you know, what I felt about the script. And and I said, well, you know, I really like the script. I just think that, you know, the character, I, 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 don't, I don't think that kids today, or, or I mean the guys that I hang out with really talk like, like some of the dialogue you have written here. And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, I just think that there's a little bit of vulgarity, and, and it's a little profane, and I don't think there's any humor to it. And they said, well, you know, give us an example. So I thumbed through the pages, and I found a, a page with my scene on it, and, I, and it said, uh, uh, you know, are are you effing her for car fare? And I was like, you know, mm. they go, well, do you have a better idea? And I said, Yeah, I mean, are you mounting her nightly or what? (laughs) And they went, oh, yeah, 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 give us another example. And then I turned a couple pages and it said, you know, F-U-A-H. And I was like, well, I think, uh, you know, uh, dude, get off my hood. It's a little (laughs) more contemporary. Right. Now, you got to remember, this was the 80s and
5: they Mm -hmm. were like,
0: this whole new hip-hop vernacular was kind of like intermixing with all, right. all cultures. and So they actually asked me to read with Mark Patton. And I stepped outside, and Mark Patton and I met, and uh, we rehearsed for about 15 minutes, went back in the room, read together, and we were both hired on the spot.
6: Wow. Oh, wow. Nice. nice.
2: Were you the last two people to do it, or was there still a long line? Oh, no, there was a whole room full of actors still waiting to read after us. And you were chosen, and those people were not going to get it no matter what. They were just... Yeah, so on the
0: way in, I was like, good luck, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's great, though, man, that you
6: stuck to your guns. Break, and- break away, guys. All right, take care. <laughs>
2: Peace. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, that's cool, man. You even changed the, the script and everything. I'm always into, like, character nuances and, like, little things they do or little things, like, here and there. And you and Robert Downey Jr. had a lot of that, like... With when you slap five like the Finsky,
0: yeah, that was all done improv. Yeah, nice. yeah, John Hughes was great about that. You know, he was really open to our own ideas and sort of kind of marrying our own experiences with the characters that he had written. Right, and uh, you know, Downey and I, like I said, you know, when we met from the first day, like we 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 hit it off and we started hanging. Uh, uh, quick and tight, and uh, and then we had two weeks of rehearsal to sort of just get to know each other, and uh, we were hanging out a lot at Universal Studios there, like uh, jamming uh, CDs, which was a new thing at the time, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, Robert Knight and, uh, and Michael, and Bill, and Alon and Kelly, and everybody, I mean, we just really, I, I think, just got along really well. Yeah, and we had a lot of laughs, and we did less rehearsing and more kibitzing and just getting to know each other, so that we could uh, utilize the relationships that we were that we were um, that we were gaining with each other, and then just sort of put that sort of on screen. Yeah. So when we went to shoot that scene in the in the mall, mm-hmm. the only thing that was scripted for that scene was check it out. That's it. That was the only text that was scripted for that scene uh i mean michael's scene michael's dialogue was still the same you know he says you know for the first time why in in my whole life i don't feel like a total and and uh and so when when it came time to to do robert nye's uh close-up that whole finsky five bucks (laughs) all that stuff was just kind of done on the cuff in wow. fact, we did the master and, and, uh, and printed off the first take, and then we did all the coverage from that. And then that whole thing popped in because Downey had recognized that there was a, an actual store called Cow World across uh, yeah. the mall. Cow World! Yeah, and we thought that was really funny, like, Cow World? <laughs> yeah. And so when we all, all of a sudden we sort of just came up with that, not on camera, but just before we shot.
5: Right.
0: I heard there's a great white show going on and tell the world. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, I mean, John would just start cracking up and Joel would shake his head and go, whatever. As long as John thinks it's funny, just, Go ahead and shoot it. Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it really worked out. And that's how it was for the rest of the film. It was
2: really funny. Yeah, dude, It's wow. that's amazing. I mean, what do you think about that? It's your first feature-length movie, and you're already changing the script. Like, that must have been, like, nuts for you. Cause you probably thought, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do this right. I, I thought that shot was gonna work for the rest of my life. Are you kidding?
6: <laughs> no way. That made John Hughes laugh. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I knew. I knew when I scored the the picture that it was a big deal, and hmm. you know, I had already been a fan of John Hughes from Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club, and I was already a fan of, of Bill Paxton's work oh, yeah. from right. movies like Streets of Fire. Mm. And I, I wasn't really familiar with, with Robert's work except for Tough Turf. Mm-hmm. But when we started hanging out, I got a chance to see a couple of his movies that he had filmed with his father, Robert Downey Sr., who's a, a really fantastic, very innovative director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had done movies like Putney Slope and, and sort of movies with humor that I had never really been turned on to before. Wow. And, um, and then hanging with Robert, too. I mean, he's such a renaissance man, you know, I mean. Mm. To this day, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. I mean, you know, he plays piano, and he writes poetry, and he sings, and, uh, you know, he's just really a well-rounded guy, and very cultured, and very well-read, and so I knew right away that it would behoove me to just, like, listen and learn, and not compete with someone like him, but just more to uh, kind of just be myself, and, and let... Let our two personalities mix instead of clash.
2: Exactly, dude. That's, That's exactly like why Thomas we're too. still friends today,
0: too, by the way. You know, I just Robert and I have remained friends, and, and Michael and Bill, and we're all still friends, Judy and Suzanne. You know, it's great to see oh, them. And, wow. Yeah.
2: You know, I was going to ask you, too. We had Tom Atkins on here, and he was in Halloween 3. And that was, you know, the most hated Halloween because uh, Michael wasn't in it. And I asked him, you know, Do you, did you care – Everybody hates this movie because Michael's not in it. And he goes, ah, who cares? Screw him. I could care less if people like it or not. And I asked him if it bothered him that he thought it might hurt his career that he was in, you know, the, the lower end of the Halloween movies in the fan perception. And he said he didn't even think twice about it. So the question for you is, like I said, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is my personal favorite and the only one that I like. I think it's better in the first one. It's better than even the third or the rest, easily the rest. So... But you know that that one is the the most least liked because people think you messed with the mythology of Freddy oh, and it's the gay one and all these types of things. Like, do you, like, what well, do you think about it? You that? know, I
0: mean, I, I, I knew right off the bat that it was missing what I thought made the first one so fantastic, which was the dreams.
2: Right. Right. You know, right.
0: And, and so the idea that Freddy was sort of possessing uh, Mark Patton, um, I thought still kind of worked because. There was still uh, something intangible about how he was taking over Mark. Right. You know. Um, I got I kind of agree with Atkins. And my approach to it was, you know, um, my my job is just to tell the story. My job is uh, uh, to try to bring the character to as much life as possible, and and it's really the director's uh, job to uh, to really finalize what the, how, how the story is going to be told,
5: mm-hmm.
0: right. and in the editing and the story. And so, you know, my approach then, especially as young as I was, was here's an opportunity for me to work, and here's an opportunity for me to be in a sequel of a film that I really, really like, and I was already a, a fan of, of Johnny Depp's back then. And, uh, and, uh, I, I really loved, like, again, uh, Robert England's portrayal of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Mm. And so I, I just trusted, you know, that's what I did is I trusted Jack shoulder, the director. He would, uh, he had already done a really cool, uh, movie called, uh, they live.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. Fuck
6: yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that movie too. And, um, and I, in fact, I, I like nightmare on the street part Yeah. I thought it was really good. And yeah, um, me too. I, I thought there was good performances in it from, you know, Coach Snyder and,
5: and
0: uh, yeah. Tim Myers and, uh, really? you know, Mark 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 was, uh, I think, really good in it. Oh, he's yeah. great. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And so when people say, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, being being like, uh, I don't know, labeled as the gayest horror film ever made. <laughs> my only answer to that is.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I give it two snaps in a circle. Dude, I was going to ask <laughs> you, too, Robert, um, real quick, because, all right, so, uh, it came out. No pun intended. And it made a ton of money. And it was, okay, perceived as, okay, yeah, nobody liked it or whatever, but <laughs> now nowadays, dude, you find more people digging it. Why do you think that is with horror movies and movies in general where the initial response is, oh, it's the gayest movie, oh, fuck that movie. Now you see a lot of people like, oh, is that just me? I see that a no, lot. No, no, it's
2: happening. The, the same same with Halloween 3. Nobody, everybody hated that. A lot of times people are quick to judge things, yeah. and I think that once it, 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 it sort of takes hold, and, you know, that's
0: why a few of the films that I've been in have sort of become cult classics. Right, and when I did this movie uh, Thrashing back in the '80s, which was a skateboard movie, mm-hmm. it was a uh, you know supposedly you know supposed to be like a, a West Side Story on skateboards, <laughs> and right away <clears throat> a lot of the other cast and I kind of tried to talk the director into maybe changing that up a little bit. Uh, we we knew what we had with uh, the gang, the daggers, and, and we thought if we could just. Uh, lighten up on the bubble gum a little bit and get a little bit more dark with it that the skate fans would appreciate it. But you know the campiness of it and um, the, the way that we captured that time in the '80s, it actually has uh, really gained in popularity over the years. And now it's like a little cult movie.
5: Mm, wow. And it's
0: the same the same that we did with Vamp when I did Vamp with Chris Makepeace and, and Billy wow. Drago and Grace Jones. Yeah, you know the movie didn't really get accepted all that well in the theaters. I mean, we made some money and it did okay. But now, you know, there's a huge BAM following.
2: Yeah, man. Which, you know, I feel
0: really I feel really lucky to be a part of. You know, all these AJ fans came out of the woodwork and
2: started writing me, no fans, go no good. Lots of fans, very good. Yeah, dude, dude, I think you, you should be entitled like the king of cult. You have, like, the best cult following ever, and cult is just, you know, obviously passionate people. And, you know, the thing that's interesting about you is that when you when you look at your your character on the surface for Weird Science and Nightmare on Elm Street 2, you're like a, a prick in those movies. But at the same time... I uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like... If, like I said, if, if you look at those on the surface, it looks like your chief competition is going to be William Zapka for all your future roles, <laughs> you know. And then, <laughs> but the thing that's interesting, like right off the bat, with both those roles, is that in Weird Science. As soon as you get done dropping the Slurpee on these dudes' heads, you and Robert Downey Jr. share that fun moment where you're begging the girls to come back. You're doing the dance, and you immediately go up the escalator to go after Lisa. And that kind of brings us into your character, and and you're likable. And in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, you come off as a prick like right away, but barely. You're just mentioning how like you bought the house where the girl was butchered and stuff, and then you're sitting having lunch with Jesse. You're letting him sleep in your bedroom in the middle of the night. You you come off as a prick. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know i just i just
0: think that it's important to 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 make uh some of these especially in the 80s where it was really prevalent where there was like the nerd and the bully right. there was like you know there was like uh you know the underdog and the jock and all those kinds of um stereotypes that were very prevalent in the 80s films and you know i just think that it was um it was my job as an actor to try to give likability to those characters. And I think that Downey and I were able to do that in weird science. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because uh, we were just um, funny. Yeah. And, uh, and, and trying to keep it real. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were very proud of, uh, of, of weird science when it came out. So we noticed uh, in the first cut that a couple of our funniest scenes had been cut. What? Yeah, there were with, you know. First of all, what a lot of people don't know is when Chet turns into that uh, big blob of shit at the end of Real *Science*, <laughs> yeah. uh, Downey and I actually in the original cut were uh, we turned into donkey and pigs. What? And uh, I, I was donkey boy and and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Downey was Pig Boy.
2: Wait, dude, 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 dude. Wait, how, oh yeah. Oh, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How did this work? You're telling me you guys were walking around in 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 animal costumes and your heads were sticking out of it? Or how, how did this work exactly? No, we. I actually had
0: a a, a mechanical donkey mask oh, that was actually able to do sort of like the same special effect as Chet with his with his wow. little garb. But only only Robert and I were actually in these costumes and. And so we, we were walking around, and, 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 and Donnie was like, you know? And that was cut. And, I mean, the, the crew was just falling down laughing. I mean, they had tears in their eyes because we were just having a blast out there. Dude. And, uh, you know, for some reason, that scene and another scene between Robert and Kelly and I had gotten cut, and it, it got replaced with uh, some of the more... Um, intimate scenes between Michael and Suzanne and Judy and Alon, uh hence the, uh, what was it, the, uh,
2: what was the band?
5: Hey, hey, hey,
2: hey. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know the band's name. It's not coming to me either. Well I know there's like a million listeners going, it's so-and-so, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they said a lot to us. <laughs> Simple Minds. Okay. Oh, See, that's yeah. why I didn't remember it, because I have a simple mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no pun intended, yeah, they, simple they, mind. They replaced
0: those scenes because they, they wanted the the, the, uh, the Gary and Wyatt characters to sort of, um, I don't know, steal the show. Wow. And, you know, Ro- Robert was so funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to be humble. We were so funny. Right, right. right. That I, I just think that it took away a little bit from people wanting them to actually hook up with our girlfriends. Wow. That's a little inside Weird Science scoop.
6: I guess so, huh? Wow.
0: (laughs) And then also, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, we were all precast to do Pretty in Pink. Oh, wow. follow up after Weird Science. And uh, Downey was going to be Ducky Boy. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to play Spader's role. And uh, and when Michael turned uh, down uh, Pretty in Pink initially to do Full Metal Jacket, which a lot of people don't know. He was initially offered that role over Matthew Modine.
5: What?
0: And as he was negotiating uh, to do Full Metal Jacket, uh, John was was so missed that that his lead guy, because, I mean, you know, Michael was his boy, you know? Yeah. And when when Michael didn't agree to do Pretty in Pink and, and, and moved on to do Stanley Kubrick's film, uh, he just got, um, I think, a little fed up and just recast the whole film.
5: Wow. Hmm. Molly Ringwald
0: was, was originally cast, though. She was the one right. cast Constant. member that uh, that was originally supposed to still be that role.
5: Hmm. And
0: then they recast it with Cryer and Spader and, uh, and McCarthy oh. and all those guys. I mean, I think they just all did a really fantastic job. And I, I moved on to do Nightmare 2 and Vamp and Shag and Thrash. And so, I, you know, I, I didn't lose any sleep <laughs> over it, but... Looking back, I mean that 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 is how it went down.
6: Wow, that's, that's crazy. crazy.
2: Yeah, no, man, a lot the politics going on, you know.
6: I guess so, huh? Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, and, and dude, with talking, speaking of Devin Hilly from Weird Science, like it seemed like there was almost like a message. You know, you two, you, you had Deb and Hilly, the other dudes would rather have them than Lisa, and you guys would rather have Lisa than them. I, it's almost like the overall message is for every hot girl out there, there's a guy who's tired of banging her. You know what I mean? Like, you always want what's, the grass is always greener on the yep. other side. Right? <laughs> there there was a line, there was a line in Weird Science where uh, where I think Michael
0: said that we were going to get into some sick and demented shit. Yeah. Right. And um, I think that's a little bit of where the studio had a problem. I think a lot of the audiences that, that they showed the movie to in Chicago, the first cut, uh, along with the voting, is like, they were like, yeah, you know what? Just let Michael and Alon, Gary and Wyatt, have the girls, and we want to see what Max and Ian do with Lisa. Mm-hmm. Because then it would have been a whole different movie. There would have been Weird Science 7. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. It's a thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that's dude. Crazy. Hey, I was going
6: to ask you too. What do you th- I just heard, I don't know if it's um, you know, concrete or just a rumor, but uh I heard they were going to remake it. Weird Science.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard too. And Joel yeah. Silver This is what I heard. I heard Joel Silver is uh is hiring the director of Project X huh. and they're going to remake Weird Science. No, and they're gonna shit. they're gonna give it a little bit of a of a more dark and contemporary tone, which I'm kind of excited to see myself. Yeah,
6: hell yeah, man! You should be in
0: that. See again too. I think they waited long enough. You know, they didn't right. try to remake Weird Science. You know, right. while while Weird Science was 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 still like you know, like fresh out of the theaters. It's a good point. And, and I, I think that's a maybe a little bit why uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street fans didn't accept the remake as well yeah. as they could have if they would have waited a little longer.
2: I agree. I agree. But, but here's the thing with that. With Weird Science, number one, good luck uh, recasting that and getting striking gold like you did the first time <laughs> with all yeah, you guys. Yeah, right. And, and <laughs> the second one, when I was watching it uh, the other day, I got to tell you, with With computers and how much we know about computers now. And, you know, the world is so much more computer savvy than it was Mm. when that movie came out. So, at that time, as a kid, you almost figured, well, I guess if he plugs a phone down into something and tapes spin in some guy's office, I guess maybe (laughs) maybe this could happen. I don't know. But, like, watching it now, Yeah. yeah, like, watching it now, it's just ridiculous, like... Okay. What is it? 80s, man? I love well, it. Well, you know, I have, I
0: have a feeling they're going to get real innovative with the computer technology and even introduce uh, technology that that we we don't even have yet for the right. film. I I would guess that to be true. Sort of like uh, when Tom Cruise uh, did what was that movie when he was the future oh. cop? Oh
6: God, Minority Report. Minority.
0: Minority Report. Remember when when they were doing all this computer? Yep. Uh, graphics and, and he was just sort of like um um
6: it's like a wall kind of but
0: yeah it was like a, yeah. like a like a like a graphic wall yep. And, yep i mean when that came out everybody was like wow that's dope right. you know that's really cool i have a feeling you know joel silver is a really smart filmmaker i think they're going to take all that into consideration and, and i actually have a good feeling that they're going to do a good job with it
2: yeah probably yeah, I mean, I still don't think they can cast the same magic they did that time, but you never know, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. They'll, maybe they'll get, uh, instead of Vernon Wells as the road warrior, maybe they'll get someone like Ron Jeremy or something.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dude, I was going to ask you about that. Like what you you, you hit him. That weird science was huge. And of course, Nymer and Elm has a huge following. When you got those roles, like how did the babe situation change for you? Like did it just take off? You know, <laughs> like with the chicks, man, how did that change once you became a movie star?
0: Uh well, you know, I got to tell you, my life my, my love life didn't suck in the 80s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. dude. God, I you gotta, must have I some gotta stories. to stories like that. I mean, listen, I mean I I used to joke with my with my buddies and I used to call myself the self-proclaimed king of the 80s. I I, I had a blast. <laughs> Oh, I was white boy overbite dancing. <laughs> I, I was man. I was traveling around and you know making movies and making money. And I was oh. having a real, real good time.
2: Yeah, I can't even imagine what it was like, dude. And 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 your friends are Robert Downey Jr. That guy was a hard partier in the '80s, man. What was your craziest night with him? What was uh oh be careful. <laughs> oh, be
6: careful it's it's hard to pick, you know.
0: Robert and I we had a lot of fun and you know we we painted New York red, we painted LA red. You know, uh we we uh we definitely and that's when it was all fun, you know. Yeah. It, uh it was it was all working and uh it was sex drugs and rock and roll back then, man. And you know, when when we were that age, you know, we were able to to to, to do things in moderation. <laughs>
6: Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> <I'm gonna say. laughs>
0: yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> there was no such thing
2: as moderation.
6: Excess. 80s. Oh, nice. <laughs>
2: yeah, our, our favorite words were free and more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, I'll have a scotch. Just give me the whole bottle. <laughs> and, yeah, you're not exactly an ugly dude either. Yeah, exactly. He had no problem. Uh, wh- wh- one more uh, Nightmare in Elm Street question, though, real quick. While you were shooting it, were you aware of the gay undertones?
5: Hey!
0: <laughs> of course, man. You know, look, I, I, I was I was raised in Hollywood, man. I, right? I knew exactly uh, the undertones and uh, and the, the little innuendos. And but the answer was definitely, yeah, I was aware of it. Right. And uh, you know, I, I definitely was picking some brains and asking some questions around the set. <laughs> But then yeah. again, you know, I was like, you know, just be an actor, hit your mark, say your line, do your best, and and let the and just trust the director that the director knows what he's doing. Yeah, and okay. he did. No, he did.
2: I love it. Great movie, dude. And you, and you did a great fucking job,
6: man.
0: And then I was telling the director, like, dude, really? I got to pull his pants down? Like, what is this shit? <laughs> That's oh, that was like the first suspicion right there. I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't pull people's pants down to fight them. <laughs> You know, if anything, if anything,
2: I'm gonna pull his pants up really hard, wedgie him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, dude, you, I'm telling you, man, you killed it in Nightmare. You killed it in Weird Science with R D J, dude, and
6: uh, Alex looks exactly like Robert Downey Jr., especially when his facial hair is going. Dude, he's like, it's like looking into a mirror for Alex.
0: Real, <laughs> the... except taller, maybe.
2: Except yeah, except taller and without the talent yeah no talent and taller. that's definitely true uh, uh, and, a, and with a lot less cash uh yeah, I didn't get paid fifty million for work this month. Oh you so gotta good. love that
0: huh
2: Oh boy,
0: highest paid actor
2: in movie history exactly.
6: Dude, didn't he get paid like forty million to do the Avengers when all the other Avengers got like two or three? maybe
2: I think so. <laughs> Oh, man, shit's crazy. You know, you
0: got to put the ego aside in this business, I'll tell you.
2: Now, yeah, man. here's here's the thing, because in a little while, we're going to get to your project, Black Asylum. It's a movie you want to do. You know, you got a Kickstarter going, and that's what we want people to know about. Here's my question. I don't have any high-level millionaire friends like you do, so I'm really naive. So tell me why it's not okay to do this. <laughs> if I was Robert Downey Jr.'s friend, I'd call him up and I'd go, Hey, buddy, <laughs> I heard you made uh, $40 million for Avengers. You know, I got this movie, Black Asylum. We only need $1.2 mil to make it. Uh, you want to make a little investment? <laughs> why is that not okay to do?
0: Because then what would immediately follow is click. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. I mean, that's exactly why I remain friends with all these guys, because I mm-hmm. don't ask them for money. I mean, you know, Robert's an actor, He's not a financier. He is, got a lot on his plate with all the projects that he's doing with his wife, Susan.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they put a lot of their own money into their own projects. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that once I get uh, my budget goal to shoot this film, that I'll be able to utilize those relationships and accumulate some good actor buddies to be in the movie.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Now, I, I know realistically, I don't think Robert's gonna uh, have time nor possibly not interest in doing this film because, you know, obviously he's really busy and he's doing a lot of his own things. Yeah. In fact, he's in Boston now making another huge film, which I don't think I'm able to talk about.
2: But wow. Oh, please. This is the place for exclusives.
0: <laughs> the movie that he's doing now is going to be very cool. Wow. And it's an excellent cast. And I read the script and his character is just on fire. And, you know, it's I couldn't see anybody else being cast more appropriately than Robert for this project that he's shooting now. Right. But uh, with, with my project, you know, I wanted to do a, a movie by and for the horror fans anyway. Yes. And I think that throughout my career, uh, the horror fans that that have really supported me and seen my movies and and you know, written to me and, 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 and asked me for autographs through the mail and etcetera etcetera. I, I wanted to kind of utilize that fan base that that I've had over over the years of my career, and mm-hmm. uh, and direct a film that I really feel strongly about. You know, I wrote it together with a partner, Dustin Warburton. Nice. He just uh, sold his first screenplay, Spiders Three <laughs> nice. D, and um, and he, he he co-wrote the book with. Uh, with uh, what's that creepy, scary, really strange ex basketball player's name? Oh yeah, Dennis Rodman. Oh, <laughs> uh, they, okay. they, they have a they have a book out called uh, <laughs> Dennis the Bull. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, it's it's flying off the shelves. It's a children's book, and uh, Dustin's a, a, a really talented writer. So we we co wrote this script together, and um, and I knew the kind of film that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we we had some offers andor or opportunities from some different investors, but it was it was going to be a challenge for me to be able to keep creative control and oh. be able to cast the the actors that I thought were going to be best suited for the roles. Right. So we decided to go Kickstarter, right? And uh, you know, I'm really happy with Kickstarter and and, uh, and, and Amazon who uh, handles all the finances, and we just really believe that if we can build some momentum at this point and get the the horror fans out there, not just the horror fans, but, you know, specifically trying to shoot for the horror fans to come aboard and and, uh, let this be a project that they can also be proud of and at the same time be able to really, uh, be able to earn some really cool swag and opportunities uh, from the incentive list that we put out on Kickstarter.
2: Yeah, I saw that.
0: One of the incentives is... uh, there can be a couple of fans that can actually get a part in the film. Oh. And, 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 and actually, there's a two, two roles written where a fan can actually uh, come on board to the Kickstarter campaign and get a cool, really dope death scene. Wow. And uh, and Glenn Hedrick is going to be doing our special effects makeup. Nice. So it's going to be a really great opportunity for a horror fan to come in and, and uh, get a death scene in a horror film done right.
6: Wow. Yep. Hey, I was going to say too, Robert, I think a lot of, what do you think about like Kevin Smith's um, way that he does it? You know how he kind of sells himself? I got to be honest with you, dude. You just talking, you know, you're a cool dude. That's going to make people want to invest in it. You know what I mean? Like I know I am, you know, Alex is, you know, we don't have that much money, but we're, we're just happy to contribute because it's a cool thing. You know, like you said, incentives and, and all that stuff is great, man. But if it's cool people behind it, like yourself, that's where it's at, man. That's what I think anyways, you know? Well, I
0: appreciate that, and, and thank you. And I certainly hope people will want to get aboard. And you yep. know, t- honestly, self promotion is not not very natural for me. But what I'm doing is, I don't feel like I'm self promoting because, after oh. all, I haven't even given myself a part in the film. <laughs> but I feel like I'm just trying to represent the team that I've accumulated. Because yep. another thing that a lot of people don't know is, um, not only do I have uh, very specific ideas for cast. Mm -hmm. which are all going to be really cool horror actors Um, Mm -hmm. one of the ideas behind doing this on Kickstarter and having creative control is I wanted to not just have to cast people that the business uh, the industry think are hot right now Right, right I wanted to get really great horror film actors because there's a lot of great actors there's a lot of actors that I don't feel are very strong and there's a lot of actors that have a lot of chops and a lot of depth right. and uh, you know I, I have a you know the, the, the privilege of being friends with a lot of them mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's how I want to cast the film and I'm also uh, feeling like I'm representing my team of, of seasoned crew mm. you know over the years of, of making movies and TV shows I've got to meet a lot of great, really talented crew members.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So all the department heads uh, from my DP to my first AD, script supervisor, gaffers, all those people are hand selected from people that I've worked with on movies like Sometimes They Come Back, Nightmare, uh, there's a couple wow. of guys that, uh, actually from Weird Science that uh, are ready to come aboard. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the TV shows that I've done like... Uh, Enterprise and Babylon 5 and uh, NCIS you know I got a lot of really cool guys and gals that are ready to come aboard and really become a team unit because I want to stamp myself as a director and introduce Entertainment Playground which is my partner Jay Montalvo's and I's company to the world and I I just think first impressions are lasting so I want my first movie to be kick-ass yeah well it sounds like it dude
6: yeah man definitely Sure.
0: Yeah, it's a, real, it's a real character-driven piece, you know? So the, the main thing that I'm going to focus on in this in this
2: movie is uh, performances and the dynamics that happen between the characters. Just like you guys are Weird Science, you know? Get get the cast to be close with each other, have a real you know, uh, camaraderie behind the scenes that's going to translate on film just like you, just like everything you did does.
0: Yeah, I believe that strongly. You know, another thing that John Hughes already brought on to Weird Science... And Joel Silver, who's you know one of the most successful producers mm. in the business, yeah. is they they had that same sort of uh, dynamic, that same camaraderie in the crew that they brought on Weird Science, because they had already worked together on several other films. Wow! And you know Joel Joel's done movies like Die Hard and Predator, and at that time he was already uh, you know a very very well established producer, and then went on to make movies like The Matrix and. You know, Joel. Joel. Joel's a real pro at, at, what, yeah. he, at what he what he what he does, and so I got to learn a lot right off the bat working from a team like that.
6: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, man. Well, I was gonna say, how is it so far? Like, is it exciting or what? I mean, because you've been an actor, obviously, and and for as far as I know, this is your first, you know, real step in, into directing and stuff like that. Is it? I know you yeah. haven't, you know, shot it, but is it fun, man? It's got to be a fucking dream come true, right? I mean.
0: You know, my my wife was the one reminding me, guys, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of stress. In this part of, uh, you know, getting a film together, which is the hardest part that I've found which I've never dealt with as an actor which is, you know getting the money right, right and, you know my, my wife has reminded me you know, you know not, not to, to sound cliche but it's, it's the journey not the destination mm-hmm. yeah. and she said you know no matter what happens I'm proud of you because I'd rather you be in the game and strike out and sit in the bleachers and judge like most people do. <laughs> yup. Yeah, you right. know, and, and you know that's why I married her because she's she's got my back. She's a great gal and uh, the mother of my three sons. And you know, I just want I want my wife and my sons to be proud of me. I want to be, uh, I want my fans, you know, to uh, to uh, expect and to receive, you know, my best. Mm-hmm, yep. And uh, also, you know, I always want to fulfill, you know, my own dream as, as a filmmaker because. When I started acting, my, my dream has always been to be a writer, producer, director, right. to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I just think that everything happens at the right time when it's supposed to.
6: Absolutely.
0: So I wrote this film and, uh, you know, I've, I've taken... Uh, <clears throat> maybe what a lot of people don't realize, too, is how much work goes into just, just to where I'm at now with my partner and I. You know, we've been working hard for two mm-hmm. years without getting any money. Because when you're developing your own production company and writing your own films, there's nobody paying you. for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, when we when we did a get a couple offers, uh, when we start to present our script uh, to a couple of players in Hollywood, when the deal didn't seem fair to us, um, we we wanted to move on and and just try our hand at Kickstarter That's and easy, see if we could uh, see if we could get our fans behind us so that we can make a movie that. Um, these guys that work members and aren't artists don't, don't c- kind of step in and get in the way of what I know is a, is a, 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 a vision that we've been working toward for years now.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. You talked about getting Robert Downey Jr. for like a future role now. So are you saying you already have sequels planned or something like that?
0: Yeah, this is going to be a first of a trilogy. Ooh, okay, but but, nice. but but you know, here is the thing, too, guys, is that um, I have ten films on my slate, so it's not just Black Asylum, Blood Cult, uh, the first film, nor the trilogy that I've been working on. We have ten films in our slate. That's sort of a uh, on our menu, if you will. Wow! And uh, there is some different genres that we're prepared to make in the next several years of uh, of our endeavor. You know, and mm. um, I wanted to start with horror, though, because that's where I knew I had uh, my strong fan base. And oh. uh, it happens to be one of my favorite genres anyway. I grew up a horror fan my whole life. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite stuff? You know, I, I like the best of the best. I do have some personal <laughs> favorites. And uh, it started when I was young. And, uh, and I, you know, my favorite movie of all time is The Wolfman. Me too, man. Me too. (laughs) I love that with Lon Chaney-Chaney, my (laughs) grandfather. We used to watch that, man, over and over and over, and I just love The Wolfman. And then, you know, as I started to get older, I started watching uh, movies that really worked on me as far as the horror aspect, because uh, The Wolfman scared me when I was young, but as I got older, it wasn't quite as scary to me anymore. Just good. And then I saw movies like The Town That Dreaded Sundown (laughs) and... (laughs) And, uh, you know, The Omen and The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby and some movies yep. like that, that that really affected me when I saw them in the theaters. Right. And then, and then since then, you know, there's, there's so many great horror movies. I love, I do love all the big franchises, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th and, the, nice. and uh, you know, The Nightmare on Elm Street. I love them all. I oh, yeah? they're great. Oh yeah, you know they're they're just really well done, and and,
2: um, you know I I love Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. I think he's just a great actor. Uh oh. So what about the remake? What do you think of that? Oh, I didn't care for the remake.
0: Yeah. Uh, There were some really cool. I thought there were some really cool scenes. Yes. And uh, but I didn't think that the whole movie sort of worked. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm a fan of uh, of of the of the of the guy that played Freddy. Um. I, I think he's a really good actor, but man, he you just can't replace a guy like Robert England in that role. Nope. Man, it was just weird. Maybe if they would have made that movie in 30 years from now, it would have been okay, but I think right. it's just too soon.
2: Yeah, and you know what, just a side note, dude, I think people will invest in Black Asylum because, you know, you're just a cool dude. You're speaking from the heart. You got the passion, right, Dan? I mean, you know, like you're
6: if you're a cool dude and you just fucking be real with people and stuff like that, yeah, it's kinda awkward, you know, doing shows like this and shit like that. But man, I I guarantee people are gonna want to get involved just because you are you. Not because even if you're past acting, man, like I, I feel like cool people are, are cool people and it attracts, you know, the, the same type and and it's all it's all a cohesive unit as far as that's concerned and as far as everything else. That's great and that's awesome. Like, you know, I consider, you, dude, you're a great actor. You know, I'm a big fan. But even just talking to you now, man, it's like that's what excites me. And, that, and like you said, you got all these fans and stuff like that. Dude, if you're just you, you got no problem selling anything, bro. That's just my opinion.
0: You know, I really appreciate you saying that, and I think that the most important ingredients for what we're doing at Entertainment Playground now is that we're 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 ready to back up like the promotions that we're that we're asking people to support us on. As you said, it's like utilizing my years in the business yep. is how I plan to make you know a great movie, and uh, being a horror fan and just a simple movie buff all my life, and then having me... The, the you know really great on the job training that I've had with a lot right. of great filmmakers like John Hughes and Francis Ford Coppola and yep. you know Wes Craven and Stephen King and the, yep. you know the list goes on. Wow. Thank you God. Is that you know I've learned a lot over the years and um, you know I that's that's been our whole approach, guys. To be honest yep. with you, is just to be honest and just yep. be authentic and and not try to sell and and not and not try to. Uh, you know rather attract than try to promote and, and, in right. and what we have to offer because we have a lot to bring to the table uh, we feel uh, not only from our own experience but also the experience of the friends that we've you know attained over the years and the relationships yeah, we've accumulated you know that's what my my goal is my goal is not just to make one and be done but to, to make a film uh, that uh, fans can can see uh who I am as a filmmaker right. and get behind me and, you know, continue to make great films in the future and not be a copycat. Right.
5: Wow. You know, I,
0: uh, you know, I have a lot of influences growing up uh-huh. and uh, a lot of them were even before I started working and the, and the names I mentioned, you know, like the Kurosawas and the Sam Peckinpahs and the Sergio Leonis, and, yep. you know, the list goes on, Alfred Hitchcock and, you know, all these, you know, really fantastic movies that I grew up watching I noticed a lot, you know, today I talked to these kind of young filmmakers and and they're studied in all of those filmmakers, which is great, you know, and and they're really technologically savvy and, you know, they're learning so much with modern technology. But, you know, I I just don't think that I have anything to, uh, to fear by utilizing what's kind of ingrained in me. Yep. By, grow, yep. by growing up and seeing a lot of these films like when I right. came out in the theater and not studying them in college. <laughs> yep. You
5: know,
0: and, and yeah. also, you know, utilizing, like I said, it's a great word that I use a lot because, you know, that's really our approach is, is, is utilizing and not analyzing. Right. And, uh, and to be able to utilize um, all of what I've grown up with. And now that I'm 47 and I got a little bit of experience on the earth and I'm a father and a husband yep. And uh, and I've had the chance to you know rub elbows with some of the coolest actors in Hollywood, yep. you know. And in, in, instead of trying to like gloat about that, right. um, I think it's just better to be real about it and say, hey, you know, I've learned a lot. I used yeah. to go to class with Johnny Depp and and Sean right. Penn, and uh, I've done mm-hmm. movies with you know the Downies and commercials with the Clooney's and you know the, you know not the Clooney's but George Clooney. You know he's right. a, he's, a, he's another he's another very good acquaintance you
2: know i wouldn't say i've uh, had sleepovers with him (laughs) he he never slept on your couch or anything (laughs) no but i wouldn't mind sleeping on his
6: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude it's it's crazy though man like i said your, your wife's a smart lady too you know you, uh, you said that she's proud of you no matter what and stuff like that bro i don't even know you and when i see cool people like yourself dude i you know we've just been talking for you know 40 minutes or whatever you're a cool dude and i love when good people humble people and you know it, it's 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 hard to you know like uh, uh you know pre- look like you're humble when you say stuff like that but dude people can see it you're a humble dude you're awesome and like i said said, I don't even know you, man, and I'm just pumped for this already, because you, not that we've met a bunch of dickheads or whatever, but you can tell when uh, when we interview people whether they're into it or not, man, and, and you're into it, and you're a cool dude, and I'm really happy for you, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, my passion's, my passion's strong, man, you know, and
0: that's why I appreciate guys like yourself also, because, you know, I, I don't have the big publicity machine behind me uh, like I used to, to be honest. I don't make the money that I used to make. Uh, you know, I think I made more money when I was nine. <laughs> um, you know, but you know, now now having you know a, a lot, my priorities have changed as well. You know, and honestly, too, man, I, I took some of the career for granted for many years. I was, you know, wasn't just completely one hundred percent dedicated to my craft and working. I was busy having fun and yeah. hanging with my friends and yeah. surfing yeah. and. And uh, you know, trying to conquer all sexual beings. Ah, that um, must have been the funniest. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't change a thing. You know, exactly. I, along with my yeah. successes and some of the adversities, I think is what's made me a, a, a stronger person yep. and given me more gratitude. And I think that's what we're trying to do. Is uh, my my partner Jay and I? That is, is that we want to we want to um, take advantage of who we are and where we've been and share it in a, in a giving way and not be out to get from it. Exactly. You know, like it's not, it's just not the approach. I mean, do we want to make money and be successful? Of course, but that's not, that's not the approach. The approach is what can we, what can we bring? What can we contribute? Like, how can I best tell stories and share art and really be proud of what I'm doing and be fulfilled as a man? And that is to be true to myself and to be true to my friends and family. Wow, and, you know, and that and that goes along with being true to the fans. Like, I was doing this, uh, this Q&A with Robert England uh, at a convention in uh, London. And, you know, there was quite a bit of fans out there. And they were asking us questions about Nightmare and the, the Nightmare series, you know, to Robert. And Nightmare 2 specifically to Robert and I and our relationship and One of the fans, you know, stood up and said, "This question's for Rustler. Rustler, when are you going to start making movies?" You know, Mm. and I was like, "Well, you know what?" And then everybody started clapping, and I almost, I almost (laughs) cried. I almost cried, Mm -hmm. just a little bit, but I didn't want to let everybody see me (laughs) cry. I I mean, kind of mopped it up a little bit, and I said, "You know, that's funny that you say that because I've been working really hard and really diligently." on putting together a production company with a partner of mine, Jay Montalvo,
5: mm-hmm.
0: who's uh, you know a really great, very honest, trustworthy, cool friend, and a great actor. Mm-hmm. And we met when we were doing a film back in the 90s, and I knew that this was the guy I could trust to be my partner.
5: Yep.
0: And uh, you know that's exactly what we intend to do. And one of the other people in the back stood up and said, this movie better be a horror, and everybody laughed and clapped. <laughs> I knew from that day. Like when I got back from London, I came home to see my wife and kids, and they asked me how it went, and I said, "I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission." <laughs> you know, and, I, and that's when I immediately I started writing. I have another project that I'm really proud of called "Pray for the Dead." Mm-hmm. Another project that's uh, entitled "When We Were Romeo's," which is uh, all about uh, my friends in the '80s that weren't in the movie business, yep. sort of how I grew up uh, in Hollywood. Wow! And and the shenanigans and the craziness that we used to uh, that we used to uh, and put upon others back in those days. Right. Uh, it was all about the parties and the fighting and the sex and <laughs> and and the loyalty and it was uh you know again a a lot about the sex drugs and rock and roll uh that that we grew up in uh in hollywood and uh there's a few other projects that you know that it's just but it's one step at a time
2: one step at a time you could you've known enough people and partied enough and had this like great thing in the 80s and 90s and stuff you could literally make a movie just based on a few of those experiences, and it would be like killer, dude. Yeah, like, I can't even. Oh
0: yeah, everything from Windbury or Romeo's is all real, real stories. Yeah? That, are, that are put together. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all the truth. It's all real. And you know what? Honestly, too, I didn't even have to, you know, expound upon it or, or exaggerate. Like there were so many cool experiences that I had. Like I said, you know, even though my life hasn't been all just an, uh, uphill. Um, it's, it's, it's those tragedies and those right. setbacks and those mistakes too, that I think is what makes, um, my life today more rewarding and more valuable. Yep. So, I mean, everything happens in God's world for a reason, man. Can I, and I've learned not to question the big picture, you know, Oh, right, dude. And hey, yeah. and, and so let's, let's let's move forward and that's why you know I really, you know, wanted to say thank you for helping out because yeah, you can't do anything alone, man. It oh. takes it takes a village to raise kids and it, and it takes a, it takes a team to make a movie, you know? And and um and you know, we're we're just really uh, honored and excited and uh and really uh grateful that we have so many people coming on board and uh and and helping us out to it, to fulfill our dream. Yeah.
6: Everybody else are the lucky ones, man. You're a good dude straight up. And we've only been talking for an hour, man. Like I said, I want to be a part of it. And what me and Alex talk about a lot too, man. And what I can just tell by talking to you, you are fucking extremely self-aware. And I think that's where the uh, real real progression can take place, you know? Forget about acting and directing and all that shit. I think it all starts as being a good person, man, and you're a good dude. And I feel like if you're a fucking good dude in this world and, and you do your thing, good things will happen, man. So, yeah, I
2: mean, dude, every time you die in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, it pains me. <laughs> it seriously pains me. Like, I'm not even – it's not just for this interview, dude. That's my favorite one. Every time Grady dies, I'm like, "Come on, why couldn't this asshole open the door?" You know, like, <laughs> right. like I really hate when you die in that movie. And it's like, and I, I love what you said about how you don't regret anything. Everything right. you do in life, every every downhill, it just makes you appreciate where you are. And your buddy is the, is the epitome of that. Robert Downey Jr. was. At the lowest point, when he was on Ally McBeal, he got arrested in November. Then he got arrested again in April, and then they, you know, he had to leave the show. And look what he did, dude. He's a one in a billion. He went from the pits of like, this guy is never gonna have another. You know, he's not gonna have a career. He, they can't insure him. And look at what he is now, the highest paid actor in history.
0: It's an awesome story, you know. And I used to always say, you know, to my wife, you know, don't call it a comeback, honey. I've been here for years. <laughs> but, you know, I've actually, actually, I've come to the place and and, and, and i hopefully been given, because I certainly can't do it on my own, given some humility to go, you know what, man, I'm ready for a comeback. Yeah, man. And uh, And I don't need to play the underdog role and none of that because nope. – I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, get like a, a, a violin going here and, and try <laughs> to be some, some desperate lowly actor, you know, mm-hmm. but what, what I am saying is that I, I want to, I want to um, I wanna fulfill what I know I have to give. Yep. And I knew all along, all through my years as, as, as an actor, I knew that my calling was to be a director. Wow. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and that's why I think that it's, it's what we're talking about is so true because everything happens, you know, it's exactly when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, right. And I remember when Robert was going through those trials and tribulations and he was having, uh, you know, some real, real valid problems. And people would come up to me and go, dude, what's up with your friend? And like, you know, what an asshole, man, he's got mm. the world by the balls and, why doesn't he just get sober? And I'd be like, you know what, man, you don't know how to walk a mile in that dude's shoes. Exactly. Who are you to judge?
5: Yeah. Exactly, you know, because I, I knew all along that Robert
0: was going through just life yep. and, yep. and it doesn't condone and it doesn't condemn no. all. It just is what it is. It
5: is man. You know, yep.
0: and, 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 you know, like nothing more ridiculous than somebody judging somebody else, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, and- you know we're all human but but getting back to that that miraculous because it is i mean going from where he was to where he is now i knew deep down inside that's what he truly had to give right but he i think that he needed to go through that adversity before the triumph came
2: yeah and oh, what a and, trial and, and
0: i feel i feel the same way you know about about myself you know yeah. i'm i'm just in a position where i just want to move forward, and I want to be my best creative self. And it's not about me; it's about my family. Yeah, right. You know. But at the same time, you know, like if you don't stay true to yourself, then um, and and if and if I'm not looking to fulfill something that's been a desire of mine since I was a little kid, um, that's what I think. Uh, it makes life worth living cuz
6: yeah, life's
0: precious and we're only here a short time man so dude, you know this yeah. isn't a, this isn't a dress rehearsal here you know this is it
6: life in it's so, you know. it's a marathon yep and seriously it was an honor talking to you brother you're a good dude thank
0: you man i just want you guys you know i just want to give that last shout out and let you guys know, like all the horror fans out there thank you so much for your support over the years man i love you guys man and you know it, when i was up on my top of my game you guys had my back and, and down in some of the, some of the times when I wasn't working and, and things weren't working out so well for me, you guys were still sending letters and, yep. and, and, and I was getting all kinds of emails and I appreciate that. And that's why I'm going to make Black Asylum Blood Cult one of the dopest horror films you've ever seen. I just
2: guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Hell bro. yeah,
5: brother. yeah. Hell yeah.
2: Love it, and we're going to add a link to your Kickstarter on, on on the page, and everybody, please support that. And Robert, it's been an honor, and I'm I'm just I just want to say also, a side note, I'm really glad you liked my uh, Jesse's Girl video.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was
0: genius, dude.
2: That you know, my good, favorite
0: though. part is just in the beginning when it's going down and down and and it's just me and Mark jogging. Yep. My yep. wife and I <laughs> fell on the floor. <laughs> Because it just looks so homo sapien, <laughs> And I just loved it. I thought it was funny, and it was really, I thought that it was uh, really, you know, very, very artistic and innovative. And he did a great job on that, man. Dude,
6: he's a, yo, t- yo, Alex is a talented son of a bitch, dude. I'm so happy to be on the show with him, dude. And like I said, we, we only- always... <laughs> We only interview people that we want to interview, man, and when we said Rob Russell, man, holy shit, it was on like Donkey Kong, brother, so we we were just ecstatic, man. Yeah, and
2: and also, Rob, obviously, if you ever need an editor for Black Asylum, you know who to call. Yeah, right? Thank you very much, man. Stoked on you guys,
0: stoked on the fans, really Uh, appreciate your time, and, uh, you know, I'm a fan, so what can I tell you?
2: Yeah, thank you so much, bro. really means a lot to us that you came on, and uh, everybody, Black Asylum. You know what to do. You know what time uh, yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. Yo, keep, keep an eye out, too, for me and Sean Clark in the uh, Blu-ray version of, uh, of John Carpenter's
2: The Fog coming out. We
0: did some funny stuff on that. Uh-oh. Oh, Sean
2: Clark. No shit. All right. Yeah, dude, dude, he was in the, uh, what was that? Where you bumped into him on this Palisade streets? What was that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah every time I, we've done like five or six now, and every time yeah. I bump into him, I'm wondering why he's not doing, you know, an episode <laughs> of Nightmare 2. <laughs> Yeah, so dude, we, that we do so... another little. We do another little spoof on that, and John Carpenter's the Fog, and I think this is the best one yet.
2: <laughs> awesome, yes, dude, I love we it. We'll look for that, bro. <laughs> I have a feeling
0: you guys are going to have your own studio. <laughs> oh. This is what I foresee, and you guys are going to be. You're going to have. Uh, you're going to add some extra crew. Yep. And you're going to have a hot show. You know, uh, not only with horror, but I think just in film in general
2: thanks brother wow uh bro thank you so much uh that that means more than you know uh you're the greatest thanks so much for coming on man
6: that means the world to me brother thank you man Uh, thank you
0: guys man god bless you guys take care you
2: too man brother
0: later see you later later
8: are a furniture dealer. We do office furniture and uh, any other types of furniture for basically any market. And I'm just calling to see if you'd be interested in anything for now or the future, or just to be able to get a meeting with you, and uh, so I can explain things to you. Well, where do you want to meet? I uh, can meet whenever, or wherever you want. Um, I noticed a uh, motel nearby. Me, maybe we'll meet there. Okay. Now it would be best to meet in in your offices. Uh, but if you want to do it envi- um, in a motel and you can explain to me better, uh, that's fine as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we should meet at the motel first. Let me see what you look like and everything, and sure. then we'll just go from there. All right. And what do you look like? What do I look like? Yeah. Uh, I have brown, uh, black hair. Uh, I have about six one, and uh, brown eyes. Are you in shape? Yeah, I'm in shape. I, I play squash. Uh, I uh, work out as much as I can. Really? Yes. Okay. See, it's, uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I uh, respect my body and, uh, and the soul. Okay, uh, that sounds good. Alright, well, when do you want to meet? Um, I could do next week. What would you be wearing? Just, you know. I probably will have a jacket and tie. Do uh, so you wear something a little more casual? Could I wear something more casual? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, like jeans, you know, some tight jeans and a shirt or something. Yeah. Mm. Hygiene, What's going Is it a joke? No, I'm just saying, you know, just be more comfortable and casual. I don't like, you know, dealing with people that, you know, got suits on and stuff. You know, well, to that's, me. that's how I dress to work. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, you're not going to be at work. Right, right. Okay. You know, I don't think there's a problem with that. But what about my associate? He'll be coming as well. I don't know if I can direct him in the, in the situation where he can dress differently. Oh, you bring him, too? I thought you just come by yourself. No, no, we travel as a team. Oh, man. What does he look like? Well, I don't understand the the, the the whole physical appearance part. Well, just so I know, you know. Right, right. Well, where's your company located? Why, dude? Don't you have it right in front of you? Well, because I get a little uh, worried when someone starts asking me to wear tight jeans to uh, a motel in New Jersey. I don't know what the problem is. Well, the problem is I don't really get that too much. Does it make a difference? Yes, it does. Uh, I don't feel that that's Uh, inappropriate yeah I don't have to explain that really forget the tights you just wear like a tight shirt then that's fine Uh, that's alright I don't wear tight clothing anyways well you said you're proud of your body that doesn't necessarily mean I have to flaunt it just for me anyways this 14 should I bring a condom? monday all right i'll wear a cheese tray. i'll talk to you later or whatever you want I'll wear all
2: right so iron man 3 we didn't talk about that i don't want to give it too many i'm sure everybody saw it we don't got to get into every little detail even though we do that with every movie everyone else saw but it was all over the place yep. it was uh very little iron man more robert i mean uh tony, tony stark
6: loved it though
2: but i thought a little a couple things were out of character man with like what? when the kids like so you're going to leave me just like my dad? And he just goes, yes. And he drives away. That was a little too shtickish. Dude, no, he hooked that kid up at the end. I know, at the end, but it was a little
6: shtickish before that. Yeah, but what's he going to do if he's going to save the world? Literally, dude, bring the kid
2: to fucking, you know, his house? Like, no, 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 no. I don't I don't think that. I'm just saying it seemed shtickish. It doesn't seem like a real person would act like that.
6: Right. The kid was way too smart for a little kid, too
2: yeah yeah
6: exactly he was way too like hey i'm the kid with tony stark let's do some witty banter
2: exactly oh my god dude you hit it on the head i liked it though i kind of liked it though it was good to see stark with a fucking kid it was almost like all right you know what my girlfriend said her opinion dude she's obsessed with robert downey jr and that's why she has sex with me nightly because she thinks i look like him
6: yeah that's your only shot
2: yeah, I'm telling you, I don't really look like him. I sort of do, I guess, if you just glance at me, but it's not really like all that.
6: It's your hair, your bone structure, and just the general-
2: And my goatee, and the goatee. If
6: you, yeah, well, and obviously the goatee, but if you look right. at exactly every fa- facial feature- Then
2: nothing looks like It's not,
6: it. no, it's not. But overall, exactly. like, if you were to fucking- Quick glance, like, holy shit, fuck, I'd get your autograph.
2: Dude, I got up and I was looking at the entire crowd- Because I sit in the – there's a perfect seat and I always get to it. Mm -hmm.
3: I do that too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, And there's a lot of people behind me. So I got up and I looked at them all and I heard two kids almost simultaneously going, Mom, it's Iron Man.
6: Yeah, but to that credit, dude, you were wearing the Iron Man suit, so.
2: That, so it did confuse the kid a little bit. He actually didn't see my face. I had the whole mask on, too,
6: <laughs> dude. But yeah, but you look like him a little bit. But like a little
2: bit, dude. I a glance, I
6: told you. I but you love Robert Downey Jr. And now and, and it was his movie, and he was in the suit for what, like fifteen minutes, like the whole dude, <laughs> even right?
2: Yeah, dude. Even during the battle scenes, he was barely in the damn suit. He just like uh, jumped up and it landed in the suit. But you know what?
6: that is what i want to talk about dude okay so iron man's always been about technology okay they did two things they went both uh sides of the whole fucking spectrum with with tony stark okay Where
2: all the technology sucked at that moment it sucked yes exactly that
6: that part okay and i told it and i said this to alex and a lot of movies have been doing this lately okay so you got the last james bond movie did you see that one jamie With uh, with the crazy dude as the fucking villain there, you remember how he went back to his old house and all they had was a shotgun and some makeshift like rat traps? prototypes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had like bare bones shit. Okay, they did that in um in James Bond. They did that in the last Mission Impossible, remember? With fucking, you know, uh, what's his name? Ethan Hunt and his whole team, and they fucking got written off, and they're sitting there, and they got nothing to work with or whatever. Well, that's what this movie was, was the kid, I think, says a line where he's like, well, you're a mechanic, right? We'll fix it. And it's almost like, <laughs> oh, shit, like bringing Stark back to, like, what yeah, he is. Yeah, to his roots. But And that's the whole movie. That's, like, hit bringing him back to his roots, right? But the other side of it, dude, is holy shit dude the technological advances to the fucking iron man suit in this oh, one god holy
2: shit alex sound off what's the first what? one go ahead i don't know the first one but i know the one that stuck in my mind what you got the end battle dude he jumps <laughs> off and his leg lands in one foot and it all comes together after that oh. like i was like holy shit oh oh, oh! oh i got more i got more okay he's locked up dude and the fucking yep. fist comes in yep. only yep. and then the rest of it is waiting because uh something i forgot it's stuck in the kids uh in the kids fuck yeah he didn't unlock the damn door yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that was great though fantastic dude this movie, you know what it is? It seems all over the place, I'm sure, on first watch. But you watch it again. Okay, uh, w- what I didn't say. My girlfriend said that it was the le- – she said it's not Iron Man 1 and 2. I'm shocked because she's in love with Robert Downey Jr. and I, I cannot believe that in a movie that, that uh, showcased him the most right. she actually felt was the lesser right. of the three. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe that. That's right. Now okay okay, dude, a, a major point where the movie hit a point where you're looking at your you look down at yourself and you say, Is this for real? Should we talk about the Mandarin? Yes. I mean, Can we? Dude. All right. We have to timestamp this shit. Okay. Yeah. Read the description of this show. We're going to talk about the Mandarin of of Iron Man 3. If you have not watched Iron Man 3, please. Big spoiler. Turn this off. Well, Fast forward and I will let you know when the spoiler of the Mandarin is done. I promise. Unless I'm really drunk when I do the description <laughs> of the show.
6: Which is very possible.
2: Which is very possible. Mandarin, the Mandarin is the main guy with the weird hair that's all bunned up. He's the white dude who who seems like the mastermind behind the whole thing. Very big uh,
6: character. Very big um, um, Marvel villain in the Iron Man world. Oh, it, is he? Oh, yeah. wow. Did, did the same thing
2: happen in the comics? No,
6: not at all.
2: Not at no? all.
6: Which okay. is why yeah. everybody's pissed. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Good. This will make good conversation. Yeah, man. All right. So, Robert. Uh, so, Tony Stark. <laughs> so, Tony Stark. It's the same enters, person,
6: dude. It's <laughs> same
2: one, dude. It's I know, but it. I feel like I'm taking him out of the movie. No, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. G- RDJ walks into the Mandarin's lair, oh. if you will. He has bitches and everything else pimping shit out. They're laying in the bed, waiting to double-team this dude. And by the way, that's my number one sexual fantasy, and it will never come true.
6: Wait, being double-teamed by a dude?
2: A threesome is my biggest dream, which will never happen, because my future fiancé already told me forget about it. (laughs) It'll just be a masturbatory ex-video thing for me. (laughs) So, he walks in, and he's like, Woo! Don't go in there! (laughs) And he's talking about the bathroom. And clearly at this point, you're like comedy. Is this a joke? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a double. Like, you know how Saddam Hussein had a double. And even when he
6: starts talking to him, I was thinking
2: he was a double. Yeah. The voice. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you're like this. I don't. What are we looking at? And I start looking around the theater and I'm like, what am what are we doing here? So it turns (laughs) (laughs) the Mandarin is a goofball actor
6: yep. my name is philip
2: <laughs> <laughs> i just did that because i was paid to do it
6: <laughs> he's an actor but dude all right everybody laughs at it but look at that dude look at that as a uh commentary on fucking politics today as Oh no, yeah you know what i'm saying man like making somebody else to be the f- bad guy and it's really this f- dude i mean you could look at that it's just america's foreign policy alone but even even as far as like you know, <laughs> put, you know what I mean though, dude. It's like fuck, man. Like, put a bad guy, you know. Oh, we've, you know. Oh, you're a terrorist or whatever. Oh, by the way, let me get that oil. And that's what this movie was. Like it was. <laughs> all, like, that's what the whole they were gonna kill the president on an oil rig. Like it was all political commentary in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Wow. You know. So 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 Tony Stark is talking to him, and he's trying to. Figure out what the fuck. Who are you?
2: Yeah, he's as he. Tony Stark is as confused as we are as an audience. Right.
6: So, so clearly he finds out that my name is Philip and I'm an actor. So he's an actor, and he's like, all right, what the fuck? And he's like, who are you working for, or whatever? (laughs) This and that. He goes, well, he was like. I used to be, a, <laughs> that's great, I used to be out on the streets, and he was like, I did some things, and then uh, he was like, I was addicted to drugs, and then Stark goes, <laughs> and then goes Well, what? They get you clean? No, they gave me more.
2: <laughs> ah, yeah, that's classic because that that's a lot of Robert Downey Jr. shit, man. It's like, that, oh well, and
6: the next two seconds is even more so when. Oh yeah, dude, when he's talking to him, and he nods out, and 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 Tony Stark, did you just nod out? No. <laughs>
2: If yeah, he nods off. And if anybody doesn't know, um, yeah, normally the people who nod off are heroin addicts. No, right. so he was. So just, just so you know, when you're on heroin, you could literally be talking to people. God. And then you'll like just blink, but the blink doesn't open. You'll just your head will not. Your head will like not. You know, you ever like like sleep when you're
6: called the dope, the dope fiend. Lean. You can be all right. And a perfect example. It's on YouTube. Me and Alex have seen this before. Remember when Artie? fucking uh, nodded off on Howard Stern and he was basically yeah. like all the way over and then they rewound the tape and he goes, dude, I was just sitting down and it literally took him like two minutes to sit down because, you know, but that's the thing heroin addicts do which is hilarious yeah. because they nailed it which is when they nod off and then you call them on it, they
2: go, what? No, no, I wasn't nodding. Oh, it's always denial. All yeah. these
6: dudes? So he goes, did you just nod off? And he goes, no. <laughs> I was
2: like, Dude, yes. heroin Heroin addicts are the number one in denial. denial yeah the number one denial group. Coke addicts are more likely to tell you they do coke potheads will tell you in a second that they do pot and alcoholic are even quicker than a pothead, but if you're a heroin addict they're the they're almost the last people to tell you or admit that they do anything. You know, And they're drug... the
6: first ones when you look at that you – That you could tell. <laughs> Everybody else you can at least conceal with gum or fucking yeah. you know,
2: visine or – If you don't – if you're not part of that world – Luckily for me, I dabbled in enough of the world that I can understand. So it's like I, I, I could get myself there but I can't dive as deep. But that's enough. As long as you can get there, it's better than somebody like Howard who can't. Right, man. It's hilarious. But the thing is so when when you're watching Iron Man and this guy nods off, I'm I I bet you 90% of the people didn't even get the joke. Right. And that's
6: dude, that's my main problem with fucking drug we were just talking about Cabin in the Woods and how annoying the pothead was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse, dude, than fucking over-exaggerated drug people no. um, or or like false shit. Like you see a lot of people like you know, snort something and uh, like act different. It's like, no, people don't act that way on fucking dope. People don't act that way on coke or whatever the drug may be or whatever. So I love accurate portrayals. But not only that, dude, you add the fact that like you just said – that was Robert Downey Jr.'s life. <laughs> like, that was his life, dude. And then it's like, art imitating life, fucking imitating it, whatever the fuck it is. So, yeah, like, that whole scene, dude, was fantastic.
2: Yeah, and, dude, let's not gloss over the uh, the fact that Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Tony Stark and Iron Man... Because Tony Stark had a lot of similarities to Robert Downey Jr.'s life,
6: and he was, dude, he was fucked up at that point, dude. He had, he got kicked off of Ally McBeal, dude. His fucking career was in the shitter, dude. Jon Favreau fucking fought for him, dude. The studio said, no, we don't want Robert Downey because
2: hey, he was too much of an insurance. Yeah, of course,
6: dude, he's a, he's fucking doing the Dopey Lean. Favreau fought for him and fought for him and fought for him until he finally got it. Now, look at everybody. Dude, you can't even make Iron
2: Man without fucking Robert Downey Jr. No. Look
6: at that shit, dude. It's amazing.
2: I was telling somebody this weekend, Robert Downey Jr., you know how they say like people are one in a million? Yep. Robert Downey Jr., dude, please explain. I'm not some bandwagon hopper. He has been my favorite actor oh, yeah. for over 15 years. Let's put it that way. All right. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm not just, like, coming out of nowhere, just jumping on this. He is a one in a billion person on earth. Okay. The whole thing was Julia Roberts, Tom Cruise, these are all – and Tom Hanks. These are all the $20 million actors. Mm -hmm. How many people get paid $50 million? To act in a movie. So right there, he's he's a one in a, if you get literal, 6.5 billion.
6: Well, wait a minute. Are you talking about the Avengers? <clears throat> yeah. Dude, yeah, but look at how, compared to all the other actors as well, look at how much spotlight that puts on his, his fucking character alone, dude.
2: Yeah. All the other people in Avengers got two or three or four or five million.
6: And dude, didn't, oh my God, it, Iron Man 3, by the way, um... Not demand. I think worldwide or whatever has been breaking records. I'm gonna throw a number out there. Tell me if I'm completely wrong because I'm bad with numbers. I think it broke like 400
2: million or 700.
6: 700 million, which is like the biggest. It surpasses everything, dude. Which is crazy. Which is fucking nuts,
2: dude. So yeah, like I was telling somebody, they were saying like, when is too much too much? It's it's too much when when you're making 50 million and the the. You know the the high, you know the big wigs, the the suits are making seven hundred to a billion dollars, and we're not even talking Blu-ray sale right, yet. Right. Right. And that will obviously that's dude, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be the first thing that waltzes into my house when it comes out. Yeah, that's so, in movie
6: tickets alone, bro. Yeah, you're right.
2: Tickets, dude, tickets. Exactly. And, and and by the way, I did do the IMAX 3D experience. And dude, uh, I'm gonna tell everybody right now, it's not worth it. No. Um, no. 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 It's. Uh, Uh, I don't feel any different, I don't, nothing, none none of my senses are any more enhanced, nothing is any different than watching just regular 3D, or, uh, honestly, dude, I don't think there's a lot of 3D in this movie, I, what, like, people standing further from the background, that's not, Mm. that's barely even, like, noticeable to me, and it's not even worth it. So, yeah. I would say just watch movies standard or just regular 3D. IMAX, don't waste your $20 on that. I, I like
6: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I watched uh, Final Destination uh, 5, I think, in 3D, and that was fun because it's like that's...
2: Well, it's made for 3D, though. Like, when a movie is just kind of 3D, yeah, they geared Converted, it towards that. Conver- yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, all these the other movies, they just do the, what's it called, post-production po- 3D. Co-
6: post-conversion. Conversion, yeah. Like you said, okay, can we uh, – l- let's go –
2: all right, we- we'll go to the
6: uh, – what did you think of the plane scene?
2: Plane – oh, dude, that was one of those scenes.
6: Oh, my god. I didn't know how they were going to do that. When I saw that in the uh, in the trailer where he's like, all right, how many in the air? Twelve. How many can I hold? Four. I'm like, wait a minute. How the fuck is he going to do that? And it, it – you know, it was a little cheesy. Dude, actually. he did some
2: point break shit, man. Yeah, dude. But you know what was good
6: too? They, Speed um, star. Well, and, and the whole movie, he was having panic attacks, dude. And then the whole fucking thing, he had to keep that lady calm and shit, and he's fi- basically, like, taking care of fucking business, dude, being a boss, you know?
2: Yeah. Here's, and and my girlfriend mentioned this, too, how she didn't dig this, dude. So, let's, we can wrap it up with <laughs> basically this. The ending. Spoiler. Uh. As if the whole thing wasn't. How do you feel that he was pretty much... Incapacitated. Iron Man. You're there to see Iron Man kick ass. Mm-hmm. Yet, he doesn't, and his girlfriend yeah. is infected with this... Dude, I gotta be honest, I wasn't digging... I wasn't digging the heat thing in the body. No?
6: No, I... I just how he was used as a as a failed experiment and shit like that and then they blew up but then they made him fucking you know the the soldiers and and you know they hate whoever fucking the government and Stark and all that shit but um the the mandarin's uh right hand man i say the, his right hand, the, the real Mandarin, and he actually says, I'm the Mandarin, that guy, you know. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, he, the guy looked like Brad Pitt if he was on crack for 20 years. His
6: right hand man, dude, that dude was on season two of uh, 24, and his name was Chase. Check that shit <laughs> out. You believe that, dude? So the whole time, I'm like, it's fucking Agent Chase. He got his hand cut off in season two. But anyways, oh, wow. does a good comic book storyline matter when you're trying to make a movie in other words do you have to fucking with the mandarin do you have to stick to the source material so closely because a lot of those stories dude don't translate into good movies let's face it so i think when you're do making they a, not
2: dude you see I, you know what i'm thinking dude like when you have a comic book you have a billion stories to pull from you better not make a bad movie.
6: exactly dude your goal is to make a good movie not to make oh this is fucking in reference to oh see no we were we we, we reference the source material here here and there it's like no
2: so you're okay if they stray from the source Fuck material? You, dude
6: that's what it's all about you're making a movie dude
3: to the Skeleton Crew Pleasure Line.
4: Hello. <laughs> this is Gary.
5: Hi, Gary!
4: <laughs> Hello. You guys you guys, are, guys, are crazy like that. I don't know if it's live or anything like that.
2: <laughs> I, I, how are you guys doing? This turned out to be a live call because you called while we were on. I'm just calling to give you guys some love and stuff, you know. Oh, thanks, man.
3: So, um, Alex, Gary has his own show.
2: I saw that. I have been horrid myself quite a bit. You've been whoring yourself. Yeah, he actually he, he wrote a couple things on our Facebook and stuff like that. So what's up, Gary? Yeah, nothing much. Just uh, kind of the work and stuff.
3: What did you call to say?
4: I watched Lord of Salem again, Jamie.
3: Uh-huh. And? I'm on
4: um, 50-50 on now, okay?
3: All right. Well, that's better.
4: <laughs> that's better? I, I don't I don't hate it so much now.
3: Call me again when you're at 75. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't think it's going to happen. I think, I, think, I think I'm done now. think with, <laughs> with the commentary.
3: All right. Well, hmm. thanks for giving it another shot.
4: I appreciate it. I, I, yeah, I, I try. I try.
3: And said, so apparently, Alex, from what I heard, schooled me on, the, on
4: that. He schooled you? I, I thought it was pretty even. I'm not going to lie to you. you. Your show was about the most even podcast I heard of people who loved it and hated it at the same time.
3: Yeah, I, actually, uh, Jason was like do I have to hear you talk about this again? Because I had, I talked about an evil. We talked about it on evil episodes. We talked about it on skeleton crew. We talked about it on devour. And I'm like, I know dude, people are getting so tired of hearing me saying the same shit over and over again about this movie,
4: but you can talk, you can talk to the other podcast too, but that's all they talk about too. Yeah, that's true. Either they love it or they hate it. Yeah.
3: Well, how are things going with your show?
4: It's going. Okay. I got a 85% edit of on episode four and that should be done by tomorrow. Hopefully awesome why don't you? I get keep- tired I get slow
2: <laughs> yeah I'm sorry Dan's having problems he okay. can't the the dungeon key is locked <laughs> I'm trying to get him in here I, I'm ch- I keep trying to pick the lock he just can't get in <laughs> isn't it weird that we have to pick the lock from the inside to get Dan in here
3: i tell him to hurry up because my I always get cold from the, there's like a draft that hits me on the left side <laughs> it's not here it's it's freezing
2: yeah. Oh, so wait, D- Gary, you called in to tell us that you gave Lords of Salem another chance, and I'm sorry, I missed that. I was trying to help Dan get in here. And what did you think about it the second time around? Now I'm 50-50 on it.
4: Well, I wasn't all the way with it before. I didn't like it very much before, but now I'm 50-50 on it.
2: Oh, my, so my, my argument's falling apart? <laughs> <laughs> not not, no, not I'm entirely, no. No,
3: I'm just very persuasive.
2: <laughs> now, which part of who did you agree with what they said? <laughs> now, do you agree with me that even though Rob Zombie gave a great stylistic, like, vision, at the same time, do you agree that it would have been better spent on something more uh, substantial? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably, because visually it was a great movie. But it fell apart story-wise. Because you, don't you feel like you've seen this already? Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I've had that argument before about, you know,
4: how you think homage is so far, but about stealing something from somebody else.
3: But I don't. Yeah, yeah. Homages are fine. As a matter of fact, as a fan, I appreciate them. It's almost like you feel like you're on, you're in on the joke.
2: Okay. Well, now, the ending. Is the ending any more spectacular the second time you see it?
4: No, it's probably more confusing actually.
3: <laughs> so did you did you um what did you think of my version of the ending? Did it fit when you watched it?
2: Oh, with the dog. Yeah. The very yeah, the dog. The how about that? I, I I think that if you thought that, that that was today after she gave birth and she went back to her normal life, but uh, that's
3: well, not her normal life necessarily. Just that that you know she was happier then than she was before, and that's you know oh you know I get I mean I that's what I got from it. I'm not saying that's what it was intended, but that's how. It's... And this film
4: did have going for it the biggest collection of unattractive naked people ever.
2: Yes, that's what I said in the very beginning. <laughs> it's the most amount of naked girls you didn't want to see. Aww. That's hard,
4: guys. That's real hard.
2: <laughs> it's hard to do. because I, I
4: know that's uh, taking something from the film, you know, like saying, oh, yeah, this is where you don't like it,
2: but I, I don't like it for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, okay. What What are your main gripes about this movie? I, I, I like Sherry until she was all zoned
4: out by, by the the Satan demon with the, with the penis tentacles. Mhm. She was all drilled out. She wasn't pretty much the performance.
2: Uh, anybody could stand there or lean against a refrigerator. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes a good actress. Like I said, I, her role fell apart to me. Yes, that's what it was to me, too.
3: I don't know. I mean, like I said before, to me, that whole thing is inconsequential. I don't even yeah. really... It doesn't even really matter to me how...
2: But is that enough, Jamie? Here's my argument to that. In
3: this situation, for me, it is. That's all I can tell
2: you. It's inconsequential, but here's the thing. That's fine. But why not, if you're taking the trouble to make a movie anyway, why not give everything you have to the movie? Why have anything just fall by the wayside like, ah, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, but that don't matter. Yeah, but, like, when we do a show, do we ever... Do we ever go, well, this segment doesn't matter because the show is about this interview. Or this doesn't matter because I like—I don't think that you should approach anything that way, if that makes sense.
3: I see your point. And again, I just say when I watch this movie, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
4: it just doesn't matter.
2: This is where your argument is. It just
3: doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter.
2: All right, let Gary talk.
3: <laughs> well,
4: this, this I is can where make a and reference. <laughs> this is where years <laughs> and Dan's argument fall apart, Jamie. I'm sorry. But well, you said something about plot doesn't matter, because you said it like 16 times during your segment. They said there were uh-huh. basically was no plot. like if like, the plot doesn't matter. I was like, oh, they're asking a plot to you. not semi enjoy the film,
2: and that's what it got Nicole me. I not saying
3: the words, the plot doesn't matter.
2: Well, um. I think you should rewind the tape, girl, because I think you said it. Something along those lines. You just said it's inconsequential, like what? Right.
3: Uh, no, I agree with that. I'm just. Yo,
2: Gary, you talking shit, words. son? Uh oh, Dan just walked You're in. You
6: talking shit?
2: <laughs> What's up, brother?
6: What's up, Dan? What's going on, man? Anyway, but Not no, it work. doesn't. It doesn't. Hey, mess. we're talking it... here. <laughs> yeah, tell this motherfucker. Plot matters. Anyway, tell it... him, Jamie.
3: No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> not in this, not in in this situation, because that's not what it was about. So it doesn't matter. It's but it's, what does
2: that mean, Jamie? It's not what it was about.
3: The story of this film is not its main vehicle. It's
2: the visuals. But why not have a vehicle while you're doing the visuals?
3: You do have one. It's just not intended to draw your attention from everything. Look, it's. I feel that it's purposely downplayed. And purposely mm-hmm. simple and familiar, so that you right. don't get bogged down in trying to, like, you don't get buried with the story, and you're able to
2: take in the rest, the rest yeah. of it, right? Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that's a very good way to look at this. Like, he simplified everything, made you familiar, so that your your senses are not so in. Like, my senses always go to that stuff, but and like I said, I was long for the ride.
6: Well, dude, I'll say it once again, guys. Pink Floyd's the wall. That's a great story, right? <laughs> no! <laughs> yo, you gotta immerse yourself in shit, and I, and I hate to say this to people that don't like this movie because it seems condescending, but, yo, if this movie don't take you there, I feel sorry for you, son, because a lot of it people took like me that there, shit. Bro. No, it didn't, bro, because you gotta... You, it's gotta <laughs> th- no, it did, but my girlfriend ruined
2: it. I told <laughs> you that.
6: You did, yeah, you tried... No, dude. You were trying to go there, but you didn't because of your girl, you know? Like, right, you know? yeah, yeah. But, dude, that's the thing. Like, people that like that shit, it's, it is what it is, yo. Like, yo, some people just like it and, listen... Some people, no offense, guys, don't feel the need to fucking explain it to people either. Like, you just like it, and sometimes, like, you don't need a reason or explain, hey, it's the plot, or hey, it's this. No, I like that movie. I don't know what the fuck I like about it, but it doesn't really matter. And that's what I'm saying about the
2: plot. It don't matter. Yeah, but we have to talk about something here on the show. But but, (laughs) That's
6: why I I started saying fucking, fucking, but that's why I got on the fact, like... (laughs) Basically, it's not about that. It's about immersing immersing yourself into the movie and then enjoying basically the ride, no right. matter what exactly. the fuck happens in it.
2: Yeah, the ride. It's all about the ride, Gary. But ha- w- 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 when the walls started bleeding, did you feel like Rob Zombie was trying too hard, like I did? Yeah, yeah
4: I think so. There was a lot of visuals in that film. But, like, they were there was a the part. There was a the part. Like the day switched to wherever she's sleeping in the bed. and they, they showed that swinging torture device thing. That there's the, a the full full body cage. Right, right. That that was one part of the film that I didn't think was necessary. I mean, because you know, I remember the part of the film where, none no of those which flashbacks were, she had to she put the mask on her, I guess the execution mask or whatnot, and right. that wasn't like the full. I, I could see if they put her inside that thing, you know, later in the film or something like that, you know. But right. it was so sort of, some sort of, some
2: of the film was just uh, not really necessary to I me mean, visually. It, it was there. What about the what about the priest jerking the dildos off? What do you think of that? I laughed. <laughs> exactly, it's yeah. laughable. And Jamie said that there's nothing immature in this movie. Have that you was guys ridiculous.
6: Seen, uh, have
2: you guys ever seen Rob Zombie in concert?
3: Yes, but I cannot guarantee the maturity of its audience.
6: <laughs> <laughs> How about you guys? Have you seen Rob Zombie, dude? Yo, the last time I saw Rob Zombie, dude, he had a giant, like, um... Dr. Satan-looking thing. Like, it was a huge fucking puppet, dude. This thing was massive. And it just came out there and walked around and looked at people, and it was a big fucking show, dude. It's like, that that could be considered fucking, you know, going too far, and that's not nah, necessary. that's cool. Dude, that ain't necessary in a fucking rock concert, people. No, people- dude,
2: it is. It is. Maryland... Marilyn Manson and Alice Cooper do that shit all the time exactly
6: it's all for fucking shock value and for a show like they're musicians dude they're playing rock music I think Rob Zombie sucks as a musician I don't like his music no I'm sorry he doesn't suck as a musician that shit is just so mindless dude let's fucking play the same beat over and over come on dude white pussy liquor yeah (laughs) white zombie riffs were okay Rob Zombie yeah I like some of the songs whatever all I'm saying is I'm trying to make a point like yo that guy has been what you said he was trying trying too hard, dude. I think yeah. he's either trying too hard in everything he does or he's not trying at all and he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. It,
2: well, no, I can... I, I understand that. Dude, I do a lot of things that people think I'm trying. Like... Right. When I tell jokes, people think I'm trying to be funny. Meanwhile, I'm just, that's just my sense of humor within the conversation. So, things are misinterpreted all the time. Mm -hmm. So, when Rob Zombie does something, but when you have dildos jerking off and a priest face fucking a girl, a priest face, like, clearly, you're going for, wow, a priest did that? That's insane. Oh, no, because she was she was going to fucking
6: she was fighting with a religion. She went into a church. She's she's not like an overly religious person, or at least the movie didn't fucking show that. So she goes yeah. into the church, and all that showed is you're fucked. The devils all around you. And yes, yeah, there's
2: it's, oh, oh, oh So what you're saying is there's no there's no safe place. Yeah, well, and it, that's what
6: she was going for. She you know she was fucking so scared and she sanctuary. goes to church and sanctuary. sanctuary. But it, she went there, and it's like you're fucked, dude. Like there's yeah, no, there's no sa- yeah. to help you. And you're right though, dude. Dude, that was over the top, and then the fucking uh, the claymation fucking scenes
2: at the end, dude. I think it was a little what was that? I forgot about that. What was that? The claymation. when it turned into a
6: rock fucking show. It was like that scene. Oh, oh. That Rob Zombie <laughs> directed in Beavis and Butthead. Uh-huh. That's what it was. No, it was the same. All right, Gary. Right?
2: I want to know though, Gary, when you hear our show and you hear both sides go back and forth, what what goes on in your mind? Do you begin to side? Does it, does anybody open your mind, or how's that work? Is it just fun? Well, you know, or is when it... you guys are pretty even on the subject, I hear good points and bad points, and some of them mean something to me, and some of them don't. So sometimes someone can say something and it means nothing.
6: But is that what like... you look for in a
2: show? Is like, it... no, I I, re- I respect everybody's opinions. You, you're gonna like what you're gonna like. Right. But, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean I got to like it.
4: Exactly. yeah
6: Exactly. Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to say, though. Like, is it, what, what do you think is the main reason you listen to podcasts and shit? Because I've noticed... Uh, well, he has his own. Yeah, exa- I know. I, I, I
4: like, I like, I like different, hearing different opinions about stuff, basically. I'm cast. They don't like anything for some reason. I stopped listening to show for some reason because they don't like anything. So I, I stopped listening to it for a while. And I, I like to hear positive things about most things.
2: You want to hear mostly positive?
4: Yeah, because I'm, I'm not an artist. I can't judge on what people do. You I'm not even a, a like scholar them. or nothing.
6: No, you're right though. See, dude. That's what we do. That's what we do. Like, we... But that's why we try to pick shit that we like, because... Not because it's gonna come out good, but that's because it's what we want to do. And, like, let's face it. If you're talking about a movie that you don't like, and... Unless it's, like, something where you can really laugh at and make fun of, it's just not gonna be exciting conversation and shit like that. And that's weird, like... That's why I asked your opinion on that, man. Because your fucking... Your podcast is really good. I just think everybody has their own angle on it or whatever. And ours is simply, like, just fucking... I know... Well, ours is all different, but mine, personally, from perspective-wise, is just to have fun and just fucking talk shit about movies and whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. with the reviews and shit, like, that's what I mean. Like, we kind of, um, what would you like guys say, like, uh, tailor it to, like, our liking?
2: Yeah, I normally don't pick movies that I hate. I know you don't pick movies you hate. Only when we're doing the Jump the Shark shows, we right. do that.
6: Well, dude, Gary, yours was good, though, man, because when I heard yours... You know what came off to me, for first and foremost, dude, is you know your shit. And when when you know your shit, and you know, like I don't know, like, I have no idea what kind of movie fan you are, or whatever, bro. But like, it seems like you know what, what, whatever the fuck you were talking about, you you knew everything about it that you needed to 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 correctly form your opinion. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, he he didn't stop watching movies in
6: 1987.
2: Right. Yeah, right. I'm just like I'm just a kid that was
4: bored in the summertime and watched too many films it
6: too many times. <laughs> yeah, but dude, you have perspective though. That's that's our whole thing, dude. It's like as long as you have a good perspective and, and shit like that. Like I look at that, like I just got jealous when you said that. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could do that. You know what I mean? So it's like it's all about knowledge, but it's all about how you fucking display that knowledge or whatever too, and and how you get it out there. So with yeah and.
2: Uh, What's up? Yeah, real quick, sorry, just so everybody knows, he uh, his show is called Cinema Beef. Yeah, I know. And you could find it on. No, I'm just telling everybody else. Oh. <laughs> you could you could find it on Cinema Beef uh, Podcast Okay, check yeah. it out because it's good. Yeah,
3: and I'm gonna be on in a in a, in a I don't know when, in a quick minute in several shows.
2: <laughs> several shows, Gary, you're backed up. Oh uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> you have too much. You have too much content. It's a short, short list. <laughs>
6: <laughs> what are you going to be doing on the next show, bro? Well, the next one will be releasing with uh,
4: Johnny Krug. Okay. Nice. That'd be the, that'd be the next one.
6: Nice, mm-hmm. nice. I
4: love Johnny. Okay. Yeah, it was a good time. We talked about the film sometimes, but most of the time we talked a lot stuff.
5: Yeah, right.
3: What movies did you talk about?
4: We talked about... Oh, we did, we did Terror Train. I remember that. Terror Train. Paratrain. Terror Terror Terror. Two. Right. And the burbs—that's what we did.
5: The, Ooh, burbs, the burbs, dude.
2: Oh shit! Nice. Wait, what part two? Uh, Creepshow Creep show two. Oh, Creepshow two, dude. Sam White Moon. That's yeah, good stuff. He had a great head of hair. That's my yeah, the guy with the hair, the long hair. That's my what my third favorite horror icon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored. Were we drunk that that's show or what? A fucking movie,
6: dude. How come we haven't done that movie? That movie is what one? The burbs, dude. Come on now. And Corey Feldman's in it,
3: and Tom Hanks.
6: <laughs> I said Feldman because I know of um, Tristan. Oh, that's yeah. Hey, hey, another uh, th- third in a row Corey Feldman reference. Thank you. Good night.
2: That's all because of Tristan. He's he's literally infiltrating and taking over the that's show. What I'm
6: saying last time it was uh, Friday Four, I believe. And yeah. For that was was it Lost Boys? Because I think we were given away the Blu-rays,
2: right? Exactly. Tristan has taken over the Skeleton Crew.
6: Oh. You guys better fucking get ready for some Supergirl action because dude's on a fucking trip, dude.
2: You know what we got to do to him, right? We got to silence him. <laughs> how, how the fuck are we going to do that? I, ha- I have ways. I'm going to get... I'm going to reincarnate Corey Haim.
6: Instead of... <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of silencing Trish, I say we give him his own fucking crazy-ass segment. And, uh, do you want to do that? Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure he
2: would, too. But for now, we have Gary Hill. Gary. Is there anything you ever wanted to yell at us about?
6: Uh,
4: not in particular, no. Oh, good. You, you agree, agree with us, You think
6: I'm a douchebag. Be honest.
4: Yeah. Okay. I, I can't call from one douchebag doing that. Another- you can't call somebody else if I'm one myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it takes one to
2: know one, Gary. Uh, Gary, how about this? No, I'm not calling you one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's okay. You you could be honest. Do most of my jokes fall flat? Yes.
6: Oh, wait. That wasn't to me.
2: No, I laugh. Do- oh, you laugh. Oh, there yeah. you go. Excellent! This is all working out just He's like a He's just I being
3: planned. nice because you plugged his show.
2: I know. He's like, did he say cinema beef spot?
4: And, and I and I appreciate it very much. Trust
2: me. Thank, thank you, Gary. And if you're not on cinema beef, then Gary got beef with you. Yeah, where's the beef? It's in fucking Gary's show,
6: yo. Coming through. Check one two. Gary's on the oh,
3: Gary. They rhymed for you. That is huge. That is uh,
6: that's
4: a
3: big deal.
6: <laughs>
4: I, I, feel, I feel so blessed. Yeah, i like sure he does. That's like that scene in
6: Animal House with Kevin Bacon, except it's not gay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Gary. So clearly you called in to leave a message, and you ended up being on our show. <laughs> oh, so
6: Jesus Christ. Sorry, Gary.
2: So what were you actually going to say? One of those generic, you know, both of you guys do messages. It's one of those things.
6: Say how much of a douchebag I am? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, Gary, I'm I'm glad you
2: called in though, brother. It's yeah, man. Talking, man. Hey,
3: thank you, sweetie. Was
6: yeah,
2: sweet. yeah, thank you for uh, for having me all this time. <laughs> oh, sure. I know you have overstayed your welcome, but we're okay with that.
6: <laughs> Anytime People get bored bro.
2: with you really easy, I know that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, no brother. man,
6: I made it fucking eight minutes into your show, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
4: He's such a you, guys, you guys can invade my show anytime you want to. You guys are always
2: welcome.
6: And I'm kidding. And everybody, check out Gary's show because it is the fucking shit. So
2: yeah, go ahead, Gary. Plug it one more time. Yeah, okay. one more- my show is Cinema Beef Podcast. You can
4: find it at Cinnab Beef Podcast. Blogspot. Com.
6: Yes, sir. And like Facebook page, right?
4: Yeah, I have a Facebook page. If you, you should join up with it, but if you want to,
2: if you want to, you don't have to.
6: No, you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: don't have. I'm not going to. I'm not going to cover your house to look for you. Hey listen, at the very least I want every skeleton crew member to like his Facebook page and then just get rid of it from your updates and your uh what is that called? Yeah, do that. Do that please. <laughs> Take it off your feed, but at least like it. Thanks guys. I'll talk to you real soon. All right, Gary. <laughs> Bye. Okay. All right. See five. you later, man. See ya. <laughs> so All sweet. right. <laughs> he does. Such what assholes, dude. It. We are such assholes, but I love it that way, dude.
6: I don't know. I don't know what other way to show.
2: I can't be anything else. <laughs> all right. So anyway, Gary, we love you. I know you're going to listen back to this and wonder what we said after you hung up. And uh that's it. We just kind of changed the subject. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs>